welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Welcome everyone to the Speakeasy Cafe. My name is Christopher Ryan, and if you can't tell just by my name and voice, that means that Nyla is not going to be here right now. Um, she won't be talking tonight. She is here, but she just had surgery the other day and can't really talk very well. Um, she will be hanging out in the chat room, though, if you want to send her messages that way. Now, if you would like to call in, the number is 646-595-3965. And to start things off, I'll just go through our announcements really quick, starting off with our sponsors for the year. We have Debbie Kelly, Eric Shellman, Maddie Golickson, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Rick and Sean Clark, Raymond Bentley, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Rachel Ward, Kevin Kraft, Gina Storm, Renee Cryer, and James, a.k.a. One Sapien, Richard Ward, and Colm Kennedy Hume. Thank you very much for your support. Without you guys, the show would not be able to keep on going like it has been. All right. Um, and on a slightly sadder note, Nyla had asked me to please let you all know that we have had a loss of one of our founding poets, our very good friend, Glenn Still. He was well-loved and respected by us all, and it is rather a good thing that Nyla can't talk right now. She's having a hard time with this one. Okay, now, homework for the week. I know you guys are ready for this one. So, time for your poetry prompts. This week's poetry prompt, the prompt can be the title of your poem, a line in your poem, or just the general concept of the poem. Now, number your paper one through eight, and just figure out how you can slide these in there. Number one, sun of the stars. Two, virtue's key. Three, hieroglyphics of water and light. Four, things that sing in the dark. Five, to bear witness. Six, white noise shadows. Seven, the stranger's mask. And number eight, from our cups. So, I will be expecting all kinds of homework from everyone this evening. No pressure. <laughs> but that is all the homework that Nyla is giving you for this week. Now, we always start and end every episode with an audio track. And tonight, we're going to be playing... Jay Nichelle with 
little clay things. Can you love someone you only met in passing? That is the first thing I think when someone asks me if I love myself. The second, if you don't know who you are, you will become who others tell you to be. Maybe that is how I became this supernatural shapeshifter, this transformer, this clay thing. Why, when you poked my stomach, I shed it. Peeled my skin back from the flesh so you would think me more vibrant, lifted my cheeks into permanent smile. Clay thing, only know how to be molded. Open ourselves up to anyone's craftsmanship so that we may bend or be beaten into something more beautiful. And I'll believe that every blow from you is beating me into something more beautiful and that the pain is only from growing. This clay has never known a gentle hand. Only many iterations of the same sculpture. Maybe one day one will stick. Maybe I'll be made pot or bowl or something else you can dump your insecurities into. Maybe I'll be made mantelpiece. Something you never really look at but make sure to show off to visitors. Or make me paperweight. I've already spent a lifetime holding flimsy things down or tablets because even the earliest of writers view this clay as blank slate, as empty, waiting to be given meaning. And I realize now that I haven't been mad at you but myself for bending, for skipping that meal because you told me to, for trying to match my interests with yours when you forgot to ask what mine were, for letting your friends call me ugly and still holding your hand as you said nothing, for becoming mute and smaller to make more room for you. I am mad at myself for still using the pronoun you as if saying your name, Justin, will make me shrink again. As if saying your name, Daniel, will make me cry again. Sean, Chris, Caitlin, you will not manipulate this body again. And even then, I was going to say fake names there, but fuck it. Isaac, Jacob, one You do not have to be malleable to be worth something. You could be the brick that builds the house that stands the tallest, no matter how hard they try to knock you down. You could be the brick that falls or is thrown on their head. You could be the brick that accidentally breaks their car window. Just choose wisely, because one day you will no longer be malleable. You will no longer break your limbs to fit into a given mold, and you will say fuck anyone who asks you to because the thing about clay things is that eventually we harden. All right. So what comes next? The number to call in is 646 Five nine five three nine six five. We do take callers in the order that you've called in, so please be sure to introduce yourself. And you can read one or two poems. Keep them right around the five-minute mark. And uh, when you're done reading, please be sure to give your URL so people can come visit you, give you some love, some feedback. And last but not least, Please remember, the show does have a mature rating, so you might hear about anything with the exception of adult erotica, no tab A and a slot B, but other than that, you are good to go. Okay. 
Nyla is complaining. She does not like I stole her line. <laughs> okay, so let's get going. I'm going to give the first three callers so you have a heads up. And those area codes are 734, 575, and 615. Okay, so if you are in the lineup but aren't quite in there yet, Want to raise your hand later, just hit one and we will bring you on in the order that you come in. All right. So, to get things started, area code 734, you are on the air. Hello. 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 My name is My name is George Wiley. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly well. Hello, George. Nyla is waving furiously right now. Oh, yes. <laughs> Wave her and tell her to tell her to get well. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I used to be a pretty, pretty regular person on this show, and then other things got in the way. But uh, I'm excited tonight to be here, and uh, I have two that I'd like to read. Um, the first one is um, called "The Soarings of Mornings." Okay. It was almost silent. The land below the eagle was misty. And the land rose toward him as the sun created dimension and movement. A train muttered and wormed its way along the hillside, its whistle muted as if paying respect to the morning. The trees grew shadows in color as they gained strength, wondering if they had the valor to pierce another day. Agreeable mists had floated over the ponds and streams, and now they succumbed to the stronger boldness of breezes. Some sheep earned their way to a, up to a rise with new lambs wobbling by, and the sun stole back the moisture it had given to the night. The noises climbed slowly to the soaring bird, and he knew them well. A creature of focus, his attention ignored the routines to find its prey. He knew where to fly his shadow, to benefit his pursuit. He knew he was the supreme, undaunted presence of this morning. A tractor dusted its way down a tree-lined road, scattering some swallows. A green heron worked on the shallows of a glimmering pond, creating small, noiseless ripples in nature's mirrors. And two mallards veed the surface on their way to some place or another. Daytime curls the land up that darkness flattens. It pulls the hills toward the sky and cups the land in the valleys. And it lets out to play the young rabbits for the eagle to see. And he gracefully accepts their contribution to another day on his land. Nature at its best is repetition and replacement. It has to offer succor to keep the mornings coming the eagles flying. It must slumber and it must eat, else it becomes far too silent. And all that is left is an abandoned train rusting its way into a hill, into peace. Wow. That was pretty awesome, George. I loved the heavy focus on nature and that line in there about repetition and replacement really being part of kind of keeping the world working was great. Why, thank you uh, very much. I appreciate it. I, uh, I've, 
I, uh, uh, you know, it was fun to write. I just wrote that. Let's see when did I write that. Well, it was December, so it wasn't too long ago. <laughs> well, I appreciate your compliments. Um, this one I wrote in November. Uh, I don't think I was here in this show in November at all, or it's been, I think, longer than that, but this one's called The Loneliness of His Discontent. He had taken to looking out windows more, but the world out there seemed to have no interest in him. Fewer cars spattered by on his wet leaf strewn street. One morning, an ambulance had come to the gray house on the corner, and he wondered if old Edna would ever return. The barber shop had taken on a quiet pall with only one person at a time, and he wondered about the value of his sterilized haircut that no one sees. At the store, the many masks seemed to also become muzzles, and fewer words were spoken, as, as, as if they were told that talking was lethal. And someone else arrived every day to walk Edna's dog. That he would not be invited to holiday dinners with family was expected, and it made great sense that he declined. Who knew what dangers lay in Aunt Marie's hug or Brenda's sweet rolls with a nicely lined-up silverware? Would it, have been, would it have been smart to pet the dog? He washed his hands again. On the windowsill was a prayer card from Uncle Walt's funeral, meager as it was, in a windy tent with only nine people. Walt's own priest had died, and they used a rent-a-pastor for the lonely ride. The man apologized for not knowing Walt or anyone else there. He tried to care. And all the disinterested leaves scattered across the, the cold slope of arranged stones and fake flowers. He decided to buy a small turkey and other stuff it requires. He cooked it carefully, as she had always told him to. It had to be safe, of course. With a mon- rampant monster virus all around, one like, could hardly dare get ill from food. Alone at the table, he tried a spoonful of cranberries and stared at the dead bird, brownly golden on a fine platter of sweet smells. For some reason, he couldn't raise a knife to this glistening sweet skin. He couldn't penetrate the shape and spirit of this familial comrade. He took a bite of green beans, and then he decided not to violate the turkey. He covered it and went to the window, where it was getting colder and darker. There was a for sale sign on old Edna's lawn. Into peace. Oh, man. That, that was kind of haunting. Um, <clears throat> just thinking about everything that has gone on within the country, within the world right now, with... Mm-hmm all these precautions around COVID, it's no small wonder that it really is taking shape in people's writing. And the sad part mm-hmm. is is that, yeah, it is a very lonely kind of experience for a great many people. Absolutely. You, um, you had a line in there that mm-hmm. really kind of jumped out at me about 
the anxiety basically of spending time with family, with family and gathering together about the danger that could exist there. And right. that's an unfortunate kind of thing that has really kind of tagged along with all of these precautions is that there is so much that has now started to become a source of anxiety and fear right. when it used to be such a pleasant thing. Right. I, I wrote this um, just before Thanksgiving, and I, I forgot to mention in the intro to it that that the dinner, you know, that it was Thanksgiving time, that would explain why you bought a turkey. My mm-hmm. character bought a turkey. But anyway, yeah, they. Um, I guess it came out all right that way. Anyway, but yeah, there's this all sort of, uh, you know, there happens to be a neighbor, although this is not autobiographical by any means, but um, this is fictional, but there, I, there happens to be a neighbor who are similar, or had a similar thing occur with lost this neighbor to COVID. Um, you know, and uh, this is a very busy county in southeastern Michigan in the Detroit area, and so uh, we have high population and a lot of diversity and a lot of um, of um, people came together. We had we were at one time one of the um, well, I think we were the leading county in uh, the state of Michigan for COVID, and still one of the latest now to get the the the, the vaccinations. In fact, I've been writing to my congressman about it. But any, <laughs> no. uh, but um, anyway, uh, no, because you know it's a. Uh, you know, I guess white privilege in this room, but but anyway, um, the um, I was uh, glad that that I was could read it tonight, and I want Nyla to get well. <laughs> I'll do my best to kind of help keep her on the straight and narrow. She is not a good recovery patient. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she's not. <laughs> um, by the way, you, you asked us to give our um, I. Um, um, I have one book out called uh, Why Did I Remain in the Garden? Um, it can be found on Amazon. And uh, um, my name is George Wiley, and I'm also, I have a Facebook page called uh, George Wiley Writes. And let's see, I'm on allpoetry.com, and I'm on a bunch of, um, a couple of Zoom meetings um, Saturdays and stuff um, for poetry. And uh, what else? That's about it. All right, George, definitely showing off your veteran status. I didn't even have to remind you to give that stuff. Oh, well, I usually forget, <laughs> but she usually reminds me. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, I'm glad, uh, glad to be here. Thank you so much for calling in, George. All right, take care. Okay. So next up on the line, we have area code 575. 575. You are on the air. Hello, hello. This is Levi Miracle from Tucumcari, New Mexico. Hey there, Levi. How you doing? And I'm sorry I didn't catch your name. My name would be Christopher Ryan. Christopher Ryan. Okay, cool. <laughs> so sorry about that, but I didn't catch it in the beginning. Nope, no worries. All so right. what have you got for us today? I have two pieces. Um okay. The first one is from my book, which is entitled The Autobiography of a Broken Kid, and uh, I'll read it. It's uh, entitled Turn Around. 
His psychiatrist always told him his hallucinations were due to the traumatic loss of his mother as a child. The way she died was horrifying and was a potentially scarring event for anyone, especially a nine-year-old. He suggested for his mental well-being that he should start over and not look back. So he visited his mother's grave, placed fresh flowers, and said goodbye. Frederick fled from his current situation, from his family, his friends, and he left the United States to travel to Italy. He left behind everything he knew to start fresh. He met a girl near Sicily who he connected with in almost every way. They rented an apartment together, bought a puppy, and were ultimately happy. And his hallucinations vanished. It was a Friday around noon. The mail was just delivered to their apartment complex. Gabriella walked into the door and handed it to Frederick. He took the stack of letters and began thumbing through. He looked through bill after bill until in the middle of the mail was a postcard from his hometown. A piece of tape held a withered pink carnation petal in the left-hand corner under the text. He began reading the familiar handwritten words as his heart began beating faster and harder. I miss you, baby. Why did you leave me? I told you I would be with you always, but still you left. Turn around, Freddy. Mommy's right here. In peace. Oh, man. That, that <laughs> strikes a pretty yeah, heavy that, chord. Yeah, that, that was um, published in... Um, Mystery Tribune, which is a flash fiction and fiction magazine mm -hmm. that publishes, like, you know, um, noir writing and, uh, um, like, psychological type stuff and, you know, a thriller and stuff like that, so. Oof. I, I kind of have to, to talk about that beginning. Um, started off with the therapist and just how clinical and detached all of that was. And I thought it really kind of bears significance. You had a line towards the middle in there about how the hallucinations had disappeared, and that only really happened after a connection was reestablished. Right. And that is such a big piece of mental health, of healing, of recovery that tends to not really get that much attention. I think if there is someone that's going through a hard time, that's struggling with any kind of mental health issue, the biggest thing that anybody can do is just to be there with them. Yes, I agree. And I, I've that dealt with mental illness piece. my whole life, so yeah, I, I understand. And mm -hmm. I agree 100% with you, yes. No, that was a great piece, Levi. Well, thank you. you. Have I have one the more. second one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have one more. And this one is a little different. <laughs> it's, um, it's a, I'm a lyricist as well, so 
I actually write songs, lyrics, and stuff. So this is actually a lyric. Okay. All right. It's called A Bottle of Gin. My mother always said to me, look to heaven and try not to sin. But I told my mama I'm sorry, but I sold my soul for a bottle of gin. As my father preaches from the pulpit, and my mom sings a gospel hymn, I sell my time for some vodka and lime and my soul for a bottle of gin. My daddy always said to me, I was a fool wearing human skin. He said, in heaven is where I started at, but in hell is where you'll end. He said, God, he has a plan for me, but that plan is wearing thin. Because all he sees as a future is me, myself, and a bottle of gin. My brother always prayed for me. When the sun was turning dim Because midnight was my starlight hour Till the sun came up again Sometimes he'd call my call and say, come home But I'd never tell him when Because I had a date with Mr. Fate And a bottle of my favorite gin My sister always cried for me She said I'd drown before I sink or swim She said, when I die and go to hell, the heavens will weep within. So I sat my sister in a chair, wiped the tears off her chin. I said, hell has already come for me in the shape of a bottle of gin. My wife, she said, should leave me. She packed her bags and said, you win. She said, I could only have her back. I'd stop drinking myself in sin But I said goodbye And I shut the door And I poured myself a glass of gin And my wife drove off In my new truck And never looked back again My daughter She can't talk quite yet Her name is Amber Lynn Her eyes they burn Just like hell's fire When I stare too deep in them But when I kiss her small forehead And tuck her gently in. I wish to God my soul's not sold for a bottle of my favorite gin. So I play these cards of life I'm dealt while smoking fire and shooting thin. Because the devil, he ain't done with me. And I sure as hell ain't done with him. So I spend my days in my heathen ways. Sign my life with a token pin. Tell my God, I'm sorry, but I done sold my soul for a bottle of gin. In peace. Oh, man, Levi. (laughs) Um, You are not pulling any punches with this stuff. Uh, (laughs) I I never usually do, so Nyla can attest (laughs) to that. (laughs) I have a real soft spot for any... Anything that touches on mental health. I've been working in the mental health field for uh, well over a dozen years at this point. So really? it's always wow. really wonderful just to kind of hear it expressed and brought to light in art. But uh, I think this piece in particular, I really, 
really loved the way that it kind of highlighted just how lonely addiction can be. Even when you have friends, family, loved ones there, it's yeah, it's, a lonely, it's terrible, yeah. hopeless kind of position to be in. And really kind of terrible that the only comfort that you can seem to get throughout the day is the same thing that's killing you and pushing other people away. Right. And I've never been much of a drinker, but um, I've had friends who have been. And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible what it does to people. It, I mean, uh, you know, a casual or uh, social drink of wine is different or a glass of wine is different than, you know, looking for it every minute of every day. And it's 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 terrible. Yeah. It's just one of those addictions yeah. that it's hard to get. Well, any addiction is hard to get rid of, but it, it sure tears apart a family. It tears apart your life, your mm-hmm. soul. It just does a lot. So. Oh, yeah. No, you did an excellent job of highlighting all of that and bringing it to life. I appreciate it. All right, Levi, before you go, please yes. be sure to let everyone know how they can find you. Yes, um, Levi, the poetry and writing of Levi J. Miracle on Facebook. That's M-E-R-I-C-L-E is my last name. I'm on the Poets and Writers directory. Um, My song, um, Whiskey Deep, can be read on the International Songwriting Association. No, the International Songwriting Competition, based out of Nashville. And it's actually, it won a demo, so it is actually in this current contest that's happening 2000 it's the 2020 contest but the results should be out pretty quick so hopefully it made it in there as a whole song a completed song so hopefully that will come to pass and then um I'm on many magazines and journals on the web so just look me up and you can read me so all right that's awesome Levi thank you all for right. coming on tonight and sharing with us Oh, thank you. Tell Nyla, give Nyla hope for me, and <laughs> tell her to get um, better, right? <laughs> <laughs> She's waving in her gimpy little way right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. All right, Levi, have a good night. You do, too, the same, man. All right, bye-bye. Okay. Okay. So next in the lineup, I see area code 615. 615, you are on the air. Hello, um, Christopher Ryan. My name is Clarence Ferguson, Jr., and it's good to meet you, and I send my wishes and healing stuff to Nyla. (laughs) I know she appreciates it, and I do, too. Welcome to the show tonight, Clarence. Thank you. All right, so what do you have in store for us tonight? I have two pieces. Yes, okay. and, the, and the first one is called Words Matter. Okay. So, so whenever you're ready. Go for it. All right, thank you. Words Matter was just listening to a song I once liked called Into the Night. But if you read between the lines you would come to the point and realize that the singer 
was a predetermined predatory pedophile. This piece of trash talk like talked about jailbait, picking her up in his ice cream truck on a blind date. He said he'd show her a love like she's never seen, ever seen. But they told him to leave her alone. She's one year shy of 17, which reminds me. Rick James and the hair metal group Winger had the same constant craving, having sex with a minor illegal in all 50 states here. Gordon Sumner was the teacher in the classroom before he became part of the police. Having an unbridled lust for a student who stood too close to him that it began to sting. There needs to be some law and order around here, especially for this unit of special victims. These are their stories. That is especially heinous. Found here in the criminal justice system where you hear gavels hitting. We need John Walsh, Nancy Grace, and Chris Hansen maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers, to find these predators and catch them. Maybe Jesse Ventura can put out a conspiracy theory to action. Just don't invite Al Sharpton, DeRay McKissick, or Jesse Jackson. Update that. Why I say that? Because this crime is not just a black thing. When this happens, it's continental and international. Sex slavery is found from the nation's capital to Tampa and Seattle. Get in the fight, soldiers. Deliver the word. Deliver the word. We're at war. It's not just a battle. This stuff matters. From Los Angeles to Indianapolis, 500 cases racing in raging heat in Miami and Atlanta. Where are the babies down in Sweet Home, Alabama, Tallahassee, and Nashville? And in the swamps of Louisiana, how can you stand there waiting for stimulus checks from the Oval Office? Don't you see what's wrong with a man sniffing a young girl's hair follicles, rubbing her shoulders as she's pressed up by his ball sack? You celebrate a win for this country while she's on stage feeling awkward. Damn it, you're all perbs. And I'm being cross with my words. Search the evidence like it's a puzzle because it's time for action and less discussion. Our young girls need someone to be soldiers on the front line to fight for their innocence in defense of our women now. That's that piece. That is definitely some heavy-hitting subject material and not something that, that gets anywhere near as much attention as it should. And kind of got to take a second just to kind of <laughs> kind of process it all and kind of bounce back because I I don't know if it's possible for someone to hear that and not have some kind of gut reaction to it. You know, we're talking about a very vulnerable population, our youth, and more often than not. Unfortunately, these types of things, they start early. You know, sex slavery is very much a thing, and unfortunately, people do get groomed into it. They get sucked into it. They get forced into it. And when we're talking small kids, 
there's not a whole lot that they have in place to genuinely protect them from it. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping that message would hit somebody. Mm -hmm. Uh, Powerful stuff, Clarence. Thank you. Okay. Do you have another piece that you'd like to share? Yes, and it's shorter than that one. Okay. All right. right. This piece is called, If We Are America. If we are America, why do we exclude Mexico and Canada, Cuba, Dominican Republic, Bermuda, and Panama? Never talking about Puerto Rico, Jamaica, Argentina, Guam, Peru, and the Bahamas, Haiti, and Guyana. If we are America, where's Brazil and Ecuador? Putting Venezuela, Bolivia, and Chile out the door. What about Colombia? Not Missouri or South Carolina, the one way under that on the map. We part ways with Paraguay and Suriname because we're not sure of our name. We don't even give a fault sound like we cuss when we don't call the Falkland Islands. Nicaragua, please, you don't even believe in Belize. But you bully like a rabbit Labrador, active whores in El Salvador, ain't got no endurance in Honduras and no apologies for Guatemala here. Is the coast clear in Costa Rica? You call yourself American like you're elitist and regal. But you might want to send me to the guillotine now because you didn't specify who you really are as you read this seething, weaving, and gnashing your teeth quick. That's that piece. That was really, really well done. And, yeah, it speaks very, very much to this kind of exclusionist mindset that we have. And and unfortunately, that really does seem like it has taken a stronger hold over the last few years lately. People don't really seem to give too much thought about who our neighbors are. And that used to be such a big thing as to what made our country, what made our people who they were, was that we were so inclusive, so welcoming. Mm -hmm. And now it's just... Gates are shut. No one's allowed in. No one can look at me so much as talk to me. So these are our closest neighbors, our closest nations, should be our closest allies and friends. It's so bizarre to me to to think of how alone we are intentionally trying to make ourselves. I guess that's why we're the divided states of America, because it seems like we just say we're America. Mm-hmm. We don't even say we're North America. Yep. That, that's just crazy. So that's why I did that poem like that, because if you're going to say you're America, there's more than one America. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I have to say, I... I had a hard time staying silent when you had that Nicaragua please line in there. That was that was just brilliant. <laughs> I I kind of figured you would have saw where it was going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clarence. Uh let people know how they can reach out, find you, share some love. Um you can anybody can reach me at Facebook 
and on my timeline, which is backslash Clarence Ferguson Jr., or you can visit my group, which is called C Double, like Double Cheeseburger, 34 Music and Friends, or you can listen to my music and poetry on SoundCloud.com backslash Clarence Ferguson Jr. Thank you so much for calling in tonight, Clarence. That was some great stuff and really something I think people need to hear. Thank you very much. And um, Christopher, Mm -hmm. um, you can friend request me because I I would like like to see what you're doing. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Sadly, most of the time I tend to work behind the scenes on the show. I tend to let myself get buried in my work, so sadly I don't do it anywhere near as much writing or reading as I used to, and Nyla kind of uh, really, really does not like that and tries to remind me that I should do a better job. <laughs> She's wagging her <laughs> finger at me right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I can imagine. <laughs> All right, Christopher, thank you again for this opportunity. Not a problem. Thank you so much for calling in tonight. All right, be blessed. <laughs> you too. Okay, so next up on the line, I see area code 757. I think I know who this one is. 757, you are on the air. Hey, Christopher. Um, hey, Nala back hey there. Hey there, Tamiko. It's Tamiko Barnett. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it is so good to hear from you tonight. <laughs> Nyla is blowing nonstop kisses your way. <laughs> oh, Thank you. Mwah, mwah. <laughs> Hope you feel better. And I'm so sorry for your loss uh, with Glenn. I think I'm, I'm not sure if I've ever heard this poetry, but I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. Glenn, uh, Glenn had been calling into the show pretty much from the beginning, was one of the prime people that really kind of helped support Nyla making the Speakeasy Cafe what it is right from the start. Oh, wow. I know Nyla's taking it really, really hard, so I think best thing we can do right now just for for little old Nyla is to kind of bring some more poetry into her life tonight. Mm. I got two poems. They're short ones. <laughs> um, let me see. Um, I I want to do the fir- the um the okay the first one I want to do is called the fairy tale. Okay. The fairy tale can help us with believing, although in re in real life, it just all seems like deceiving. With his promises of a happily, for, happily forever after. Sorry, with his promises of happily ever after. Before this magic, there is conflict and disaster. Before the calm and all becomes well, the characters are faced with where they fail. And yet, the victory isn't too far behind. It comes swift on the heels of a difficult time. In peace. Hmm. 
I know you've always had this penchant for short pieces, but they have always just really kind of packed a punch. This one is definitely no exception. Um, I think I, I can definitely relate to that beginning about how powerful these stories are for young people growing up, how it does kind of engender that belief, but at the same time it does almost prevent people from seeing what the world can be like. And I don't know if that's a kindness or, or a cruelty. Mm. Exactly. Or it's one of the things I found uh, that maybe you, it's not until many years later and you might come across that story again. What, whichever story happened to be your favorite or book or something like that, you come across the stories again and then you finally get what it means. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you, know, you finally get what it means in um, understanding the metaphor and the symbolism and everything behind Oh, that's what it was trying to say. But, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's kind of weird to actually go back and visit some of those old stories, old movies with an adult perspective. And it's kind of strange to think on, yeah, how on earth did I miss this when I was younger? It was right there the whole time. And I I don't know. Um, I'm sure it gets used an awful lot as an example in this, but, you know, the the old Brothers Grimm stories, they um, typically were not meant for children in their original form. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You could tell, uh, but that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could tell even even certain songs that we were singing, and, and I was just like, okay, that is a horrifying song that somebody was singing. Yeah. But um, that's a song. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just thought about that because I thought about how even with, and I'm gonna say this real quick and do this other song because I don't want to hold up too much time. But um, it's like. Okay. I also thought about um, even religion and everything and how a lot of religions use parables. Hmm. Use parables, which is like a form of another type of story. Um, Mm -hmm. And although everything sounds unbelievable, like that couldn't have happened or something like that, you don't really, it takes a while to let it marinate and you figure out what it really means later. So anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, the next poem, short one, uh, even shorter, it's called A Man and His Dream, because I was also thinking about purpose, and so here it goes. I saw a dream sitting over there, wondering where its owner could be, and then he came from out of nowhere in search of his destiny in peace. Hmm. I actually really like that. Um, it really actually says quite a bit in a very short span. I, I think for for me personally, um, forgive me for for kind of rambling about my myself and what I see, but um, I work with young adults, and so often I hear them talk about their goals, their dreams for the future, 
and I work at a long-term facility. So oftentimes I see these young adults come in, and sometimes they don't leave us for quite some time. And those dreams, those goals that they brought up, slowly get left behind, start gathering dust, and it's it's sometimes never meant to be for them to come back and pick them up again. And I just think about kind of exactly what you said, how often that happens just for anybody out in the world. That sense of purpose mm. sometimes just seems to fade. Yeah, but the thing is, is that and people need to be reminded, um, Mm-hmm. We all have one We all have a purpose We all have a reason to be here And it's just a matter of Opening up your arms And embracing that And asking whoever Whatever you believe in To bestow that upon you And set that fire in your heart And your belly again And so you won't ever lose it it gives you reasons to get up in the morning. So. so, no pressure or nothing, but what's your sense of purpose? <laughs> Go! <laughs> well, I just, well, two of them, I just did them. Um. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> really good answer. pieces tend to be on such a a really, really quick one-two punch type of note. Do you have any other piece, a third one, that you'd like to share? You are on the air. 
Good brother Christian, brother O here from East Chicago, Indiana. Hey there, brother O. <laughs> Nyla's waving. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just uh just I wanted to share my condolences to to the loss of brother Glenn still. Never really heard I heard of him. But I'm just, just praying for he and his family and everybody that knew him well. Uh, thank you for that, Brother O. It is very much appreciated. Yeah. All right. So what's been on your mind lately, sir? Oh, uh, I got this poem called Defining the Odds. It's a poem, poem I wrote years ago. Okay. I am ready if you are. Every once in a while, there's a brother who comes along that defies the odds, that defies logic and reason, that that refuses to be defined by the stereotypes, that one, he is that one in the million brother who has overcome numerous challenges to accomplish greatness and live out his dreams. The story of his brother's life is incredible. If you ever heard him share his testimony, not only will you come away inspired, you will stand up and cheer for him. His brother's a true definition of survivor. He has survived three open-heart surgeries as a child and numerous other ailments. By all accounts, he shouldn't have lived as long as he has. And he was supposed to be dead and gone a long time ago. By the grace of God, he is still here with us. His brother is a true definition of coming. He overcame rejection, overcame being ridiculed and bullied, overcame low self-esteem, overcame his fear of failure. Overcame being an underachiever, overcame a speech impairment, overcame anger and hate, overcame depression, overcame loneliness, and overcame betrayal by so-called friends and family members. Despite having the odds stacked up against him as a black man in America, his brother was raised in a two-parent home. He made the right choices by never forgetting the more the days that he was taught as a child. He has never been arrested or locked up in prison. He has no criminal record. He did not end up as an alcoholic or drug addict like some of his relatives did. And he didn't associate with gang bankers or drug dealers when he had the opportunity to go out here and do wrong. His brother refuses to allow stereotypes to define him. He does not dress that like a thug. He does not put his hands on women. He does not call them female dogs and prostitutes. He doesn't cheat nor play with a woman's emotions. He is well-spoken and articulate. He is a true gentleman and a true class act in the Chicago poetry community. He shows respect to his elders and pays homage who come for those poets who came before him. He is very smart, creative, and innovative. He does not believe in two people living together that are not married. He doesn't want handouts or a woman taking care of him. He believes that all men should work to be providers for their families. 
And he does not sit around the house all day waiting on somebody to do what he can do for himself or waste his, waste his uh, talents and abilities by doing nothing with them. Despite what haters, bullies, critics, and doubters said, I tell them what he couldn't do, and he claimed them and writing them off as another statistic. He managed to graduate from high school and college. He is a deacon not just inside the four walls of the church. He is a deacon outside the walls. His brother is one of the most well-known and respected poets in the Chicago poetry community going on 11 years. And he made lives out of all these fools by defying the odds. His brother is a true champion. He defines the words courage, endurance, determination, and perseverance. This man is an extraordinary brother. He embodies the indomitable spirit of the man. He knows that the impossible and the probable can be achieved. And we all been touched by his words of encouragement and inspiration. In a little over three weeks, we celebrate the life of this extraordinary brother. We truly love and appreciate him dearly. And on, on his special day, we show him the deepest gratitude. So stand on your feet, put your hands together, and give our brother sad innovation as we get honor to this real-life hero and, and trailblazer and pioneer on his birthday in over three weeks. We hereby salute the Divine Miracle, the Professor of Poetry, the two-time National Spoken Word Award winner, for coming the year. And this brother right here is a pride of East Chicago, Indiana. I present all I present to you none other than Brother O, the Living Miracle, and Professor of Poetry. And poem. <laughs> that was pretty damn good, brother O. I have to say there there are pieces in there that really really jumped out at me. Um, talks about that defying the odds, the logic, the reason, the stereotypes, all that stuff, overcoming the the hardships and all the the issues that we place upon ourselves, as well as what's kind of thrown at us by the world. And I I think it, it's so easy for us to forget how so many people face things like that day in, day out, and don't really get a whole lot of recognition for it. You know, we see people that get bullied, that have to deal with alcoholism, broken homes, all kinds of things that are just obstacles in their path, and day in, day out, people continue. They persevere. They overcome. There are... There are stories of heroics taking place every single day that very rarely ever get the attention that they genuinely deserve. I think having the ability to recognize the power that lies within ourselves is such a big piece in overcoming all of that. And it's also one of the things that the world tends to Seem to do its very best to squash every day. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that was a powerful piece, Brother O. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share tonight? No, that's it. That's it for tonight? Yeah, All right, brother. Tonight, yeah. Okay. Before I let you go, then, you know you got to share out how people can find you. Uh, currently, you can find me on Facebook under the name of my brother, O'Gavin. That's uh that's uh, our Facebook page and uh and uh I'm looking forward to expand other social media platforms too. And uh as always guys, thank you for your support every week on Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, it is always great to have you call in, brother O sharing your own support here. And yeah. You have become very much a staple of this place. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, nah, thank you. It's due to you and, and poets like you that Speakeasy has become what it is, that it continues to go on, that it has been around for oh, all yeah. these years. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I think, think it really needs to be said. I think, hmm. yeah, I think incredible you guys have been on the air for 14 years in my Am I got that right? Uh, has it been 14? Yeah. Yeah, I want to say the, the last one was last one was 14 year. Yeah. Now it says we are in year 14. Oof. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Right, that's, uh, that's amazing. <laughs> All right, brother. Oh, I'm going to let you go. You have yourself a wonderful night, and I'm going to get the next poet on the air so we can keep this show going. Okay. Take care, All Chris. Right. You too, <laughs> brother. Okay. Next on the line, I think I know who this is. I'm going to brace myself. Area code 216. 216, you are on the air. Well, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Wow. And I was late calling in. And I am so upset with myself because I could have called in early. But, you know, oh. I'll try to wait till Nightly gets finished doing the prompts. I'll be mm-hmm. cheating. <laughs> oh, man. And I've seen the show, has, I, mean, I heard the poets going in early. I'm like, what is all this? Where is Nyla? Well, I sent her a note. She's got a. Uh oh. <laughs> Not sure if you caught that. Know. I didn't hear that because I, I wasn't trying to hear it, but I was talking real loud. Um, <laughs> well, I did send her a note to tell me what's wrong, so I am going to send her some remedies. I don't know what's wrong with her, uh, but she might she, she might just a, be sad. She had a bit of work done on her jaw lately, so. Uh, Again, talking, the second time. Yeah, yeah. Talking is uh, no. not exactly a comfortable experience for her right now. Okay, right. I didn't know it was the second time. Plus, I know oh, she's yeah. probably a little depressed about Glenn. Mm. I didn't. I didn't know about that either. But uh, yeah. I'm gonna make her laugh anyway. I'll make her move that jaw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this one is called hey, No hey, More hey, Excitement. Hey, before you start, I know who you <laughs> are. Nyla knows who you are. You better introduce yourself to the world at large. 
I thought we supposed to do this at the end. Okay. Uh, my name is the, uh, my name is the, uh, my name is the all round queen. One word, all round queen on Facebook. And the name of this piece is the name of this piece is called No More Excitement. The reason I pulled it pulled it out, uh, No More Excitement, is because uh, you and Tamiko almost put me to sleep. Y'all both so laid back and <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I got I to make you laugh and make Nia laugh. Okay. Man, it's make us laugh and throw yeah. a little jab. <laughs> well, look. You don't All right, hear that's it. mama. You don't want to hear it. It's okay. I can, I can change my form. <laughs> no, I'm down. Let's see what you got. <laughs> Okay, this is dedicated to, uh, you know, well, I'm old, so I have a right to write this, but uh, I don't know. It goes like this. Just think. No more excitement. Excitement in my life is fast becoming extinct. Last boyfriend made me cry. He was about exciting as watching paint dry. The next time I'm bored, I'll go to the square and cry. I'll just stand there with only one glove in my hand. For sure, someone will come along and demand to know why I sob. And I'll answer, I'm afraid for my other glove I've been robbed. All I need you to do is show me some love. My life has no more excitement, and my friends are all dull. Friends with doctor's appointments, though they're not ill at all. Their ill is nil, but that's the life of a senior when excitement has left. If we not be creative, we'll be bored stiff to death. That ill is nil, but you... Need attention. I have my hearing aid in. Yes, I can hear, but I lost my retention. So grab a chair and be seated. Stay a while. Hearing aid. Don't need it. Talk loud, please. Could you repeat it? Waiting on my friend. Said she'd be stopping by. We're going to eat some popcorn and watch the fresh paint dry. And peace. <laughs> Mama, what am I going to do with you? <laughs> Lively up yourself. I'm trying really hard not to laugh and interrupt you. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I'm glad I got you laughing. I love you. I love you. I love Nyla. Thank you for my big and my gift. And uh, I did get a chance to thank you in person, but I really am enjoying them. And uh, I'm glad. Now, I, now I want some dates. <laughs> okay, she putting in them requests. She just, okay. she just asked you out. Oh, oh, Nala just kind of bristled up a little bit. Asked if you just asked me out. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The, the cousins to the figs. The cousins. The cousins to the figs are dates. 
I want a date, not a date. I'm I'm thankful for this date. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, did you want me to do two? I always want you to do more. What you got for me, Mama? Okay, I'm going to do one that I barely do. It's about Alzheimer's. Okay. And he goes like this. Sitting on the bank, staring kind of blank. So that means I'm sitting blank with nothing to think, nothing on my mind. Feels like a dry well in my head. Nothing old or new under the sun, at least under my sun. Thirsty for knowledge of anything. I keep pumping my mind until there's a drip. I stick out my desperate tongue to catch the hard-pressed moisture to hydrate my lips. Now, thinking that I have forgotten more than most people ever knew, I ask myself, what's the use? I realize that my empty will is God's own way of softening the blows of growing old. But then what is worse? Remembering the pain of the past or the pain of not remembering my children's names. Am I subjected to indirectly forgiving folks? Although I think there will be no grudges to hold. It will be, to me, like forced forgiveness. Some people I may see with a smile, like a fool, not remembering the horrendous crimes they have committed against my person. I just smile like a fool. Things I was waiting to take to God's face. In this instance, the man that married me and decided to beat me mercilessly in my face and made me lose my job and my youthful beauty. I needed to hold on to that pain until I got to the great arbitrator in the sky. God, if I must measure cruelty. My husband was the worst offender against my person, basically because of all my trusting Unlike the stranger that kidnapped me and abused me for what seems like weeks, I knew he was an enemy. And I will not honor his name with a mention. Still, God has already dealt with him. Yet being beaten by your lawfully wedded spouse hurts much more than the abuse from a stranger. Where each punch in the eye broke breaches of trust and severed marital bonds. If I had not run away from my husband's abuse, I would have never encountered being alone and vulnerable with two children in a strange city with two black eyes that made me an easy target, and I never wanted them to go unsettled. But somehow, 40 years later, and a flimsy apology was too late. So to all of you who have transgressed against me, my God has taken up the task. Loving you or forgiving you is no longer in my hands. Those who have berated, cheated, or caused me to stumble in this life, caused me strife, and have never tried to get it right, it's too late. Because God created me to have joy, and through it all, I still remain sane. 
mainly because of the daughter I bore. And God, I believe, will play excerpts of these wicked scenes of how in your new wife mocked me as I set aside my daughter's deathbed and watched her spirit hover over to say goodbye. His relentless evil will had gone too far. He is still stabbing me as I'm coming to grips with my most beloved daughter's transitioning or leaving her body. The doctor said we should take turns. Yet her father stood there mocking me while I was grieving. Me and her mother, me, her mother, never got my alone time. A foul odor accompanied the breath of his words. Because you were her father, I will not condemn you to hell. But God will surely repay and replay the scene and show it to you someday. And the revelations of your violations and why you may not relive this earthly life again as a human. And for now, my mind has been wiped clean. Your destiny is out of my jurisdiction. For the choice is no longer ours to make. If I am the only one you've offended, try and ask God wholeheartedly to forgive you. That's it. Mom, on that, that was a pretty exceptional piece. Um, well, see, that piece, basically, Christopher, you don't really have to, I know it's hard, because, like, this piece, like I tell people, when people have Alzheimer's, it's because God doesn't want them to carry all that junk around with them. You know what I mean? It's so much, it's really a lot of bad stuff. So you see people with Alzheimer's, you might have offended them, and when they see you, they just start smiling, because they don't remember. Hmm. You know? They don't remember the bad things that happened to them. And I think that's a protection. Like, my mom, she's 91 years old, and basically mm-hmm. I was writing from her perspective, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, her eyes do light up when she sees me, but she doesn't remember that her son got stabbed, stabbed uh, 15 times. Yeah. She doesn't remember that she was abducted once and a man took a gun and knocked out all of her teeth. She doesn't remember that. And she's 91 years old, so she has a long life, and she has love, and she has people that love her, and she doesn't know their names, but she knows how they make her feel. And that's what we always have to remember. And that's why I send my love to you and Nyla, because people remember you because of how you make them feel. God bless. I kind of got to take a second just to kind of collect myself after all that, because that really really was an amazing piece and very very well written i've i've heard pieces on alzheimer's before on, on memory loss but just the the flow of it i think very perfectly captured the experience you know and you summed it up very very well so often when i have worked with someone with memory issues or seen others working with family members, it's almost as if they are offended that this person can't remember. And mm. it is not doing that person any favors to sit there and get so upset at them that they can't recall. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You hit the nail on the head, making people feel a certain way that lingers yes, long beyond after the ravages of a disease, of, of injury, that tends mm-hmm. to take hold and stay there. No, I... Okay, baby. I, I didn't want to have stuck on that. I mean, really, I know it's kind of depressing, but um, sometimes we need to know that even though the person has got Alzheimer's and not remembering you, you know, just smile and love them and let them just remember whatever they can. If they don't, then just be with them. They'll remember mm-hmm. that. They'll feel it. They might not remember, but they'll feel that, that moment of love and someone's there that cares about them. And you just look at their eyes. Your eyes will light up. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, baby. I don't want to get really you. beautiful yes. piece. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Mama. You're welcome. I don't know if I ever say it quite so directly, but you are very much a beautiful person, and we are so lucky to have you. Have you share your thoughts, your wisdom, <laughs> your art? So thank you very much for for all your support and all you do, mm-hmm. not only for Speakeasy, but but just everyone that kind of kind of gravitates into your orbit. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye. I can't take no more. (laughs) (laughs) Exit stage left. (laughs) Hi, Nyla. (laughs) Nyla is sending her love. Thank you so much for calling in, Nyla. Okay. Um, I'm going to let you go. You have yourself a good night. And I'm going to get the next okay, person on there. All right. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's see. Next up on the line, it looks as if, uh, well, it looks like we have a bunch of people that have not quite raised their hands yet. I see area codes 727-815 and 757 just kind of hanging out in the wings. If you would like to raise your hand, please go ahead, press 1, and we'll bring you on the air. Otherwise, I will just stare at your numbers very, very judgmental-like. But no pressure. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get area code 807 on the line. 807, you are on the air. Hello, Christopher. How goes? Not too bad. How about yourself, sir? Not too bad. Uh, poetry is really intertwined. I, I, When you said about staring at your numbers, there's uh, one uh, electronic music or experimental electronic music artist I really like, uh, Tantronic. And one of her tracks that I really like, uh, uh, one of the lines is, show me your numbers. <laughs> it's just a funny line. I just there's something I like about that line, and the way in the way she said, "Show me your numbers," and all this existential <laughs> stuff and all that. It's really funny. But anyways, so. and as someone who's come to like love math, which is unparalleled <laughs> in the history of the world for me to love math, <laughs> I, I appreciated that line. But anyways, uh, yeah, I wanted. To to wish Nyla a speedy recovery. It's I, I wish that she didn't have to get a second surgery for further correction. But I mean, sometimes that's how it happens, right? That doesn't. I know that it it didn't it didn't set correctly the first time, so now they have to reset it. So 
Nyla says it's yeah. because her doctor sucks. I just look at it as it's a moment for me to get a word in edgewise. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're, so in other words, you bribe the you bribe the doctor, is that it? <laughs> oh, well, I, I'm not going to tell Nyla, look, even yeah. though she's right there, <laughs> that you bribed the doctor to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> How much did you have to pay? <laughs> um, nothing. They did it for free. They just went. We understand. <laughs> <laughs> we understand, Christopher. <laughs> oh, we're we're going to be in trouble once we she's able to talk again. <laughs> um, I'm only up. safe as long as we're on the air. So this show might go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hour twenty. Who's on the line? Uh, anyways, <laughs> I'll get, I better get to my poem here. Uh, I have okay. well, I have one that I wrote half an hour before the show, which is a mishmash of different inspirations. <laughs> and I pulled out one poem for both Nyla and Tamika because we're talking about she was talking about fairy tales and that. And sometimes mm-hmm. you know how the, the fairy you you're both talking about how fairy tales aren't always so. Oh, she put on her ruby slipper and she <laughs> lived happily ever after. You know, it's more like oh, she put on her ruby slipper and was made of glass. Because the evil stepsister snuck it in, you know <laughs> that sort of thing. So, I have a, a one called Dark Fairy that's more on the darker side, and then okay. the one that I have before is is what I wrote the, the mishmash of inspirations about half an hour ago, or so. Uh, so, here's the first one, one of the mishmash one uh, in the eye. Again, I don't know about the title, just like last week. Uh, In the eye, a spark of determination comes to life, growing in complexity of patterns, a codex of deepest meaning, multifaceted like a lonely snowflake that falls on the ground in winter's morn. That spark grows and grows, as does the determination of the soul within, a soul housed in a tower of steadfast energies, anchored to the hope of a new and better day. A second skin of light grows as determination determination's energy rises to the surface bursting to get through the barrier between the inner world of soul to the outer world that surrounds an essential part of existence for no soul grows when utterly alone and that eyes light spirals almost out of control but for the heart's discipline born out of trial and tribulation life goes frame by frame in the growth of that. One moment to the next steals the soul's steadfast resolve for the chains of karma to dissolve. I look to the sun with magical energy, able to look unto its glory without being blinded. For the sun and I were one, one night, and I feel the very essence of sun's invigorating light becoming a part of myself. As an entire sun's cycle of light swirls within my eye, my heart's determination never to die. Uh, so that is in the eye. And then this one is dark fairy for both uh, Nyla and for Tamika. And so here we go. In a dark and sullen wood, an evil and fearsome fairy there be, spirit of malicious intent, pulling the wings off butterflies. As the laws of nature, his existence he does circumvent. In the dreary woods does he reside, leaving fairy blast upon mortal men's minds. 
leading men and women to their doom, is lost amongst his secret forest paths. They are lured with his magics, weave and loom. In the darkness of his darkest fairy hour, he exercises his sinister power. Oop, I lost my hair. There, there we go. Hexing the love of a couple in the little sleepy town as two days later a lover's mate does drown. He has a fire of evil in his precocious and malicious eyes, all the more sinister for their small and devious size. He spies upon all that mortals do, hoping to sour their fortune and bring them to their doom. His dark rose blooms in the stillness of the dead of night, and the only way to remove his power is to take a pair of gold-plated scissors and take them to his rose's dark root and sever it from the blessed earth. And if you do this, he'll scream in fright. So sleep in your bed with caution and with care and leave your gold-plated scissors out so that if you catch him, you may cut out a lock of magical hair and rub those locks between your hands to dispel his nefarious schemes as into his devilish eyes you dare not stare. So there we go. There's a dark fairy and uh, and the other one. What was the other one called? In the, in the eye. eye. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, Robbie. I think you always have some pieces that really kind of sit there and make me think. Um, I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on Dark Fairy first before uh, I actually get to your first poem. But you had this this line in there about how this fairy, this dark kind of personality, was luring people into their doom, and I couldn't help but just kind of make this comparison of, well, kind of. Yeah, the stuff that Tamiko and I were talking about, fairy tales and the darkness of reality. And unfortunately, Brother, it, yeah. oh yeah, it, it doesn't really take even a fairy tale kind of setting. We no. do have people like that in this world. And mm-hmm. it is kind of an unfortunate thing that we do mm. have to see and deal with day in, day out. Well, we have one of them on trial now, don't we? <laughs> but we won't go there. We will not go there. But I mean, it was it was it was like so it was like blaring like the sun. What the example was, but yeah. Anyways, um, moving on. <laughs> actually, that that's that's kind of a good note for what I was I was about to say. But uh, yeah, there are people out there that can be highly charismatic, that can just lure people in, attract others, and. It's not always going to yield a good, positive result. Sometimes it no, does no. take a very, very dark note. Um, and uh, actually, very briefly before the other poem, uh, maybe mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try to find the video and uh, post it to your page. I think I still have you on my friends list. It's it's hard to remember sometimes when you've changed your page a couple of times. But uh, it talks about... Um, like uh, I think it was SEAL Team Six. Like they were talking about what kind of personality they like to hire, and and I think mm-hmm. it goes for a lot of companies where they like someone who like had this axis of competency and charisma versus two other qualities, and they like someone who's at kind of the middle point of that of that ex, kind of that that axis where they're both charismatic and they're competent. Mm-hmm. And they were saying like they would rather. I think it was Seal Team that actually said this. They would rather have 
someone who is less competent, but but uh, not nasty. I, I, I can't remember that the, they put it much better. Basically, they'd have mm-hmm. they they wanted someone who's a little less you know uh, a little more charismatic and a little less competent than the guy who's like really competent but just a complete jerk because mm-hmm. they just they just run everybody into the ground, right? Like nobody nobody yep. wants to work around them. Nobody. And I remember uh, actually uh, someone was talking about Taoism and the Tao, and they're saying like you know they have the bosses at work that as soon as they come back everything goes bad again because everybody's <laughs> so wound up or tight around them, right? Yes. You know they they just can't. Is. They're not they're not inspired to do work because they're afraid they're going to get yelled at or something. But anyways, you you were going to say about uh, so, I think the other poem. Oh yeah. Um, there was a line in there that really, really struck a chord with me. Um, you said, no soul grows when utterly alone. And I just really liked the, the truth of that. We have people mm-hmm. out there that kind of live on their own, that live a bit of a hermit lifestyle, and yet it's when people are entirely cut off that we really do start to stagnate, when we start yeah. to kind of tear ourselves apart. Yeah, and, and I find that, uh, like, like myself, I, I do live alone, and I only have, I have very small extended family, mm-hmm. and I'm just glad that I have, I really don't have much in the way of uh, external company in that. Like, some people, you know, they come back, and even though they're in quarantine and all that, they, they, they live with their family and that, and I'm just, I'm really on my own a lot. Like, even at work, I have, most of my shifts are solo, right? Mm-hmm. Um so, but I'm just glad that during all this that I have so many hobbies and all that because if I didn't, I, I would just go bonkers. And, you know, like mm-hmm. the shows like this and like this and the uh, ambient electronica music shows that I visit on, it's called Radio Spiral. They're they're like my virtual bread and butter right now. Like, these, are the, these are the two extensions that, <laughs> help to keep me sane. <laughs> so. Yeah. Now there is a world of difference between being alone and being lonely and yeah. Yeah, it definitely can just kind of wither away at the soul. It's mm-hmm. a very dangerous kind of situation to be in, at least uh from from my mm-hmm. perspective, from what I've seen, from what I've experienced. That's and, uh, when that's people why I had the really do kind of let their darker sides kind of take control. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's important, to, especially right now, to not, uh, especially like when everything began. I really, when I felt felt myself self getting short with people, I reined it in so much. I, I didn't want to like. A, there was a couple of times, you know, in grocery lines, you know, like somebody be like, "Oh, you know, you're not." you're not standing two feet away, you know, and, and mm-hmm. because yeah, everybody makes mistakes. Right. And and sometimes it's almost impossible because people were crowded in the grocery stores because they're all panicking and getting their groceries at once. And I said, mm-hmm. Rob, don't become the asshole. Don't snap at them in there. You know, it's an external thing and you know, it's not really you, you know, don't give into that. Don't, don't let this turn you into an asshole. Mm-hmm. And that's important to me because that's not, it really isn't part of my nature, you know, and I don't like that to come out 
I don't like to make. Yeah. I don't like when something external makes that come out because it's to me it really is. I'm a very empathic and empathetic person, and I don't want to make somebody feel crappy because I snapped at them. That's really important. I to think me. that is unfortunately one of the very subtle dangers of what is going on right now is that there are yeah. these tiny changes that are happening within ourselves that sometimes it's very, very difficult to recognize or come to terms mm -hmm. with. It does seem like people are a lot shorter with each other, like we are less prone to try and be understanding, forgiving, compassionate. Mm -hmm. And for the vast majority of people, I want to say this is pretty far from the norm for them. But it's been mm -hmm. such a gradual change that it's kind of flown under the radar for so many. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm thankful when people say, oh, you've been kind or something. Like, uh, Again, at work, as someone said, oh, I remember you You were, when you were on the phone, you, you, and she said, you're kind, Robbie. I'm like, oh, that was nice. to me, that was like, that, that lit up my day. I was like, that, that was like the nicest thing I've heard in a week. <laughs> yeah. It's a very subtle thing, but little kindnesses actually do quite a bit to actually keep us oh, connected yeah. oh, to one another. You know, we have lost a great many things with the way that the world is right now. So those small yeah. moments it's, of... And it's not just because of the one, you know, the main thing that's going on. There's, it's, there's so many things that are going on. Like it, just in general, mm -hmm. I'm, there's, it's multiple events that are they're doing it. <laughs> you know, so. But anyway... Okay. I could easily kind of go on forever with you, but I do kind yeah. of have to let you go. Um, before I do, though, how can people find you, Robbie? How can they share some love, some feedback for you? Okay. N no more male bonding. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, <laughs> uh, I, I, I can make the joke. Uh, I can be found at Robbie's Multimedia Poetry uh, under, uh, under Facebook. They're like, yeah, Facebook, just look at Robbie's Multimedia Poetry, and you'll see uh, my links. Uh, to my other stuff like my music and that because I, I've gone. That's why I'm multimedia poetry because I, I do music and uh, and other things. So that's where you can find me mostly. All right. Thank you so much, Robin. Oh. Nyla. Nyla is trying to say that we are experiencing a bit of uh, some line issues right now. I do see some people that have been on the line that have gone before that we're still able to hold on, but getting a lot of kind of brief flashes where people seem to be trying to call in and then it drops it. So mm -hmm. if anybody is still listening and wants to raise their hand again, feel free. But, uh, yeah. Thank you very much for calling in tonight, Robbie. You bet. Feel well, Nyla. Hope. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's see. So that was, that was 807, right? That was indeed 807. Um, so the next one that I'm seeing appears to be area code 863. 863, you are on the air. 863, are you there? <laughs> I think that might indeed be Noreen. 
I'm, I'm, uh, hello. I'm hey hello there, Noreen. Okay. <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing quite well. How are you doing, sweet little That's, lady? I'm doing good. <laughs> and and until Anama, I, I hope she gets better. Oh, I will. She is making big old heart shapes towards you right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you. Okay. Uh, it has been so long since I have heard your voice. Yes. <laughs> oh, and I and I give my condolences to Glenn Steele. Yeah. Yeah, that one that one did kind of sneak up on a lot of us and Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank you for that. So, okay, you're welcome. Too many people are dying. Is it unreal? It definitely does not get any easier. And no. Yeah. I think being in the, the world that we're in right now, it kind of makes it all the more difficult, feeling very cut off when people are kind of in need of of comfort, of being together. Yes. <sighs> okay. Don't want to linger too, too long on that one because that might be a very different type of show. <laughs> Um, yep. So, what do you have for for us today? Okay, um, I have um Gary's poem called mm-hmm. "I Promise You." You can't buy a breath of fresh air when your heart and soul are gone. I'm going to give more than a memory. I'm going to give a sign from above. I want you to know I'll be waiting at the quantum crossroads. The end. Oh, man. <laughs> kind of went from, from one heavy subject to another kind of heavy, yeah. really happy one all at the same time. Yes. That one, <laughs> that one I think definitely strikes a chord right now. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Just the, just the thought of, of, of anybody that we've lost, that we've loved, that's there, and yeah. just kind of waiting patiently for us is, I don't know, it, it definitely just kind of sits there and, and hangs out right in the pit of your gut. Yes. Um, you want to do me a favor? I uh, guess. Do you have a, another piece of Gary's close by? I would love to hear another one of his. Um. Yes, I sure do. Okay. Um, now and forever, our love. I'll never be lonely as long as I can kiss her good night. I'll never be lonely as long as she kisses me good morning. The days of our lives are full of fun, love, and laughter. We talk and play and tease and love each other from morning to night. Most days are work and help each other. We seldom ever fight. If we do... We give our love for each other to make it right. Yes, she has her opinions, and I have mine. The one thing that never changes, I have her love, and she has mine. The end. Wow. (laughs) You and Gary had just this wonderful way of sharing your love, of expressing it. And yes. 
it's it's hard not to hear pieces like that and just kind of get those little flutters of like man that is absolutely adorable and sounds yep. just perfect yes <laughs> he had so much more but I could wish he could just stick around longer and write more because after he had the he had his stroke he should wrote this mm-hmm. one and we we did together. Him and I did that together because um, there was a um, there was a woman there, and she wanted Gary and I to write her a poem because and she was, she'd read it. She was dying and she had cancer, and we made, we wrote it before she died. She died that uh-huh. weekend. And we got uh-huh. a writer one, and she was so happy. And she got one of our books, and she was so happy and thrilled. She she became our friend. Noreen, you you just kind of always bring this warm, fuzzy feeling to me whenever I, I hear you. You have such an amazing life and so much love to give, and I <laughs> I just feel very, very blessed in order to share in that with you. Well, thank you. <laughs> now, you've read two of Gary's. Do you have one from you that you'd like to share? Um, yes. Okay, I have one called Air Filled with Love. What do I have in my pocket? You asked nothing but air. Not just any kind of air. It's air filled with love, spatial love, my man's love, and my love combined with air. That's all I need in my pocket. Whatever I'm feeling, happy or sad or blue, I just reach into my pocket, pull out my spatial air filled with love, and that makes me smile. It fills up my day and night with laughter and cheerfulness. Oh, yes, my air filled with love goes with me everywhere I go. The end. (laughs) That was beautiful, Noreen. Well, thank you. Uh, I I know I've I've said it before, but uh, that feeling of connection, that is really what lasts for people. It doesn't really seem to matter if you're missing out on all those material goods, but if you've got that sense of someone's out there that loves me, that cares for me, that I can love in kind, that really does help carry people through some really tremendous types of things. Yes, Um, because his love right now is getting me through this because Mm -hmm. I have these photos um, I got about three photos on the kitchen table and two I can and, and no one two three three on top of the uh the computer deck table and I don't know how many over there by the front door and I got some inside I got some all over and and oh, and, and, and and then when I get the chance to straighten out the um the that one wall well it is like a divider I'm going to take some of the boards off and put another plywood over it and put all Gary's pictures and my picture up there, put <laughs> together all up there. That's I my think plan. That sounds like a wonderful idea. I know no, I can't there's... do it myself because I know I can't hold that board up there by myself like that. Mm-hmm. And I can't hammer either. I'm not good at hammering. I'm probably enough <laughs> hammering my nail, my thumb. <laughs> so I had to get a friend to do it. Uh, there is so much love between you two and so much love in your home. 
And yeah, I think it would just be a really amazing thing to kind of have that everywhere in your house. Yes. Yes. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, Noreen. Thank you so much. Is there now you had mentioned that there was a piece that you and Gary wrote together? Yes. We wrote um you talking about that last one after he had the uh-huh. stroke. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you happen it to have a close by? Because I I would actually really love to hear that. Okay. wouldn't be in this section. Okay. Because I, I do all my handwriting. Mm-hmm. I can't be in this one <laughs> either. No. Wait. No, I got the wrong sections here. That one's, um, wait a minute. This is the one after he passed away. I don't want this section. Okay. I had to get the other section. Um, Okay. I don't know how many notebooks I have. I do I do more than um I have um two different notebooks but I'm way behind on my second set. <laughs> the first set is where um okay, um that's the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the wrong one. Uh oh. While you're looking, I, I just want to say that it is always something that is really kind of special, really amazing to be able to look back and find some of these written pieces, recordings from these people that we've loved and lost, these artists. And I, I do have to throw it out there, having stuff from people like Gary, from people like Charles, C.B. Banks, that... Yes really is a way that just keeps them alive for all of us and does just kind of keep their words, their love, their art going strong. Yes. Uh, Let's see. I think, Noreen, if you'd like, I could put you back on hold, and once you find it, you can raise your hand again. Okay, I can do that. I think, I think I'm going to do myself a favor. I'm going to have Nyla put a little track on the air, so that way I can run to the bathroom real quick. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. 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 All right, Noreen. I'll okay. put you on hold. Okay, I'll talk thank to you, you later, okay? Okay, I'll talk to you All later. Okay. 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 All right. So... I am going to have Nyla put a track on really quick. Uh, Let's see. What's a a good track that we haven't heard for some time now? I think... I... Okay. That sounds good. Let's do Heart by Apollo. And I will be back right quick. It will be the last word to this poem, but I need to say it now. Because mine may be too weak by the time I get to the end. So let that one word echo until then. Heart. Heart. I remember when I was just a young kid, growing up, learning about life. 
using my imagination So hungry for knowledge I remember when I was just a young kid Running up to the ice cream truck Saturday morning cartoons The only page in the newspaper that I loved Were the drawings Trying to figure out the back of the cereal boxes Yes, I remember when I was just a young kid And then I turned into a teen I started to have dreams And as bad as things seemed I used to always make them worse My parents tried the best that they could, but I always caused them so much pain. For everything that those other kids had that I didn't have, I needed somebody to blame. The more that I complained, the worse that I felt. These are the cards that I was dealt, but I kept to myself. I think about the innocence in youth, the ignorance in truth, the serenity in lies. My memories just die, and now as I'm older, I realize that the world's gotten colder. But what if I told you that you're lucky? That you're lucky to even be able to listen to these words tonight You're lucky you can walk out of your home without feeling fright You're lucky for every day, for every night For everybody that's in your life For having a voice, for having sight For having hands to pick up and write Yes, you're lucky that you're even alive To have a job to be able to drive You would realize that you were lucky If you stopped looking at those who had money And started looking at those who were hungry Every morning I open my eyes and I inhale my first breath And I say thank you for giving me one more day to prepare myself for death. This life that was given to me is truly a blessing. It's far from heaven. Yes, I get this. But at least it's closer to heaven than closer to where hell is. Hell is the first drop of blood that drips down a ten-year-old thigh. A man on top of her and she can't get out her cry. It doesn't take too long for her to realize that she's looking into her father's eyes. Hell is young chick being trained to love quick, sent overseas on bunk ships. Traded the pimps for hundreds At 12 they're trained to suck it and push it and plumb it And stay within the budget This one chick couldn't fit the condom on one hip So she let him rush it She was on her way to having one kid It would have been a son then one hit from this bum's wrist He hit with just one fist And left the dead body rotting in her stomach She treated her baby like shit and flushed it Hell is right down a dark alley A man bleeds with a belt around his arm he can't see But at least he's happy and at peace He says pass me the glass Last piece, one last feast, but sadly this man feels he can't breathe, pulls out his wallet and then sees his family as he sheds his last tear. Hell is a Mexican slave, breaking his back for American pay. His cousins are involved in the heroin trade, but he chose to raise his family in a much better way. But hell he will pay every day. He rests in the shade, on the corner like a prostitute, he steps to the plate. He steadily waits and then gets his way, when a big escalade gets him some pay. Some bricks he will lay, for four bucks an hour the sun melts him away. He yells for some rain, he thinks to himself, there must be a better way. But now his chest is in pain, he's breathing with the heaviest weight. His breath is delayed, the sun has got him red in the face. As he falls to the ground, he thinks about his daughter. A heat stroke, and now she doesn't have a father. Hell is a poem like this that can go on with so many different stories. And nobody's willing to pay you forward if it doesn't involve the glory. You don't give love in order to get love. You give love in order to become love. I remember when I was just a young kid. Innocent as one can get, I used to love it. I remember when I was just a young kid. Now I look back. I appreciate the fact that my body's still intact. That I can read and do math. That I can think about my past. That I can cry and I can laugh. Imagine if you could feel the entire world's pain for just one, one second. It'd feel like an eternity of hell. And then you'd feel blessed with the opportunity of right now because the only thing that matters in the world is right 
now So let your light shine now So bright that it could never die out Why now? Because tomorrow is not promised And yesterday is gone And after we pass away Our spirit will move on The life that we end up living Is the life that we choose And if you make the best out of every day You can never lose So go out there and say thank you I hope you hear my message I hope there was a reason for the line no fear, be brave, and do something with your time, and know that there is no ending, and there will never be a start, if you just block out your mind, and follow your... for everyone's patience. We are still experiencing some issues. I'm still seeing some numbers kind of flash and go, so please don't lose hope. Keep on being persistent. Uh, and I do see what looks like area code 903 next in the lineup. 903, you are on the air. Hello, Christopher. How are you doing? Hello. Chilling. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing good, man. <laughs> Hanging Just in there. Another day. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Working a whole lot. So. Uh, can imagine. But I did actually start writing. I got. Uh, I was in a funk, and I kind of got. I didn't have writer's block, but I was just kind of in a. In an apathetic, kind of depressed mix. I guess you could call that. And plus the cold weather ain't, doesn't help here in Texas either. So, but uh, yeah. it's not very motivating. But anyways, I did uh, I did see this photo, and it was a photo of Mother Earth, and uh, or who most people call Mother Earth or Gaia um, in the Greek mythology. But uh, anyways, I was inspired to write a haiku, and it was supposed to be like a haiku to happiness, and. Uh, I did, and then later on, I I got I uh, I I decided to make me a little love poem, and I used uh, Greek myth mythological gods and goddesses. And so I did okay. Greek gods and their wives. So, but anyways, okay. that's one of the. Oh, go ahead, sir. No, no, no. You go on ahead. All right. Uh, that's one of the first. That's one of the first ones I'll be reading. So. Okay. And uh, I actually just got a comment, and I have a friend, and uh, I'll read. I'll read. Tell you that comment after I read it. So. All right. So this one's called "She Be My, I Be Her." So this is kind of like wordplay, I guess you could say that. But that's one. I thought it was cool. <laughs> All right. She be my, I be her. She be my Gaia, I be her Uranus. She be my Tethys, I be her Oceanus. She be my Rai, I be her Kronos. She be my Hera, I be her Zeus. She be my Athena, I be her Perseus and Hercules. She be my Aphrodite, I be her plaything. She be my Artemis, I be I be her bow and quiver. She be my Demeter. I be her 
Elusius's hospitality. She'd be my Persephone. I'd be her Hades. She'd be my Amphorite. I'd be her Poseidon. She'd be my Muses. I'd be their inspirations. Hang on one second. My phone just went the opposite way. <laughs> Hang on. Sorry. I just lost my spot. All right. She'd be my goddess. I'd be her god. She'd be my queen. I'd be her king. That's in peace. Hmm. Ooh. There's a lot of power, I think, in, in some of those <laughs> those old mythological power couples. Um, yeah. Sometimes it, it worked out very beautifully, and sometimes there was all kinds of strife that went with... <laughs> Oh yeah, um, I did uh, some. Uh, I'm not a scholar or anything, but I did a lot of mm-hmm. studying on Zeus and, amongst other ones, oh, Zeus yeah. uh, was uh, <laughs> uh, he was mischievous and uh, promiscuous to say the least, and mm-hmm. you know, he cheated on Hera several times, and I even found that um, what was her name? I forgot what her name was. Oh, Medusa supposedly was uh, Poseidon, and uh, and I forgot who else. And oh, Poseidon had a affair with Medusa, um, and then you know several others. But anyways, yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. That's <laughs> crazy. But I liked it, and I like Greek mythology. It's pretty awesome to completely believe in it. But I like the you know the stories and attributes about it. Anyways, oh, I wanted yeah. to make it be instead of is mm-hmm. and I just wanted like I wrote a heart poem one time and I put me and be in there because that was kind of supposedly one of the old uh, the old Irish one is me you know like mm-hmm. you say like molass or molass you know something like that in the actual Ireland <laughs> that I know that I know of uh, the people that I talk to from Ireland but Anyways, you know, lass and laddie and things like that, you know. But when you say that, when I looked up pirate and she shanties, they used B instead. And so what's funny is I have a friend in Africa. His name is Chime Jostice. He's a poet, too. But anyways, he's really cool. I'm actually going to be getting his first chat book soon once it comes out. Nice. But uh, anyways, uh, he just told me that... He said that it sounds like pigeon English, and I have no idea what that even means. But I looked it up, and pigeon English is basically a group of languages that are simplistic and, like, not much grammar. And basically he was saying that my poem was not that it was simplistic and stupid, but it's just that's what it sounded like to him. So I looked it up and I was like, well, that's kind of cool. You know, I had no idea what that was. So, <laughs> and, you know, in, in oh, Africa, yeah. they actually have a whole lot of influent languages. And I've been to Africa. I know. I went to Mozambique. I went to Tanzania. I went to Decor. I went to Cape Town, Cape Verde. I uh, didn't wow. go. I went to Congo, but I didn't actually go out to Congo. Um, and I think I think that was it. But, yeah, it was when I was in the Navy. But I had no idea anyway, you were so well traveled. Yeah, well, I traveled uh, to I think 15 countries. Yeah, 
I wrote wow. I wrote a book about it. I'm still writing my edits right now, but so I just found out what content structure is, and it's completely the opposite of the way that I write. So you put your like, you put your like <laughs> verses together, and not just scattered like me. But uh, <laughs> so then I got to do my edits, and so I have my book. I have my all my travels from when I was a boy, all the way up until now. So. Uh-huh. And, I think uh, it's it's got to be said your your love and passion for Greek mythology is is pretty universal, and the great thing about it is even though they they aren't exactly your typical or conventional type of relationships, there's so much to be said there. It's not exactly going to be smooth sailing all the time, and the fact that it did happen there's still something to kind of be taken away from that with all the <laughs> drama inherent in Greek mythology, Greek mythological relationships, they still worked. Right. Sometimes yeah. there was, sometimes there was definitely some lingering feelings and resentment, but right. these gods, these figures still kind of were able to live their lives, fulfill their roles and yeah, it's something that I think really kind of should be taken into relationships today. There's a oh, lot yeah, of work definitely. that goes into just kind of making the day-to-day stuff work. That's right. That's for sure. Uh, and I was actually hesitant on putting Persephone and Hades because I figured someone might be like, oh, you know, because Persephone was forced to be Hades' lover and like six mm-hmm. months of the winter or whatever, she has to stay down there. Mm-hmm. And Hades in the actual place, and then, then in, I think it's in the spring she gets to go be her love with her lover. I forgot who it is, but I knew it one time. <laughs> but you know, you get you know the story. <laughs> so, I but do. that's what I'm saying. So yeah, there's a lot that can be extrapolated and you know taken and interpreted into you know, even today. Like I like this guy uh, Joseph Campbell. He's dead now. But he was a symbologist, and he studied um, a lot of religions and myths, and he talked about all sorts of myths from the beginning of time until now. And uh, he actually had, uh, he was with Bill Moores, I think is what his name was, but he was on PBS for a little while called The Power of Myth, and he talked about how we still live by myths even today. Um, and even some that we don't even know, you know, like, I don't know exactly an example right this second, but there's still people that believe in myths. Like my mom is super, super, super superstitious. Still, like I was, I was born on Halloween, and uh, she said that I was going to be the devil's baby, and she held, oh. held me in until midnight, and I came out at 9:30 p.m. So, yeah. Wow. So you can hmm. see what I'm talking about. She takes the myths and, and her beliefs, you know, extremely. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. And that's, you know, we got the right to believe what you want, you know. That's a, that's a great thing about living in America. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, but no, it's all good. Yeah, no, thanks so much. I appreciate it. I got one more if I got enough, if I got time. I don't yeah, want to take up the whole lineup. All right. So I wrote, uh, so this one's a little different. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's kind of the same, but it is a little different. So this is another love poem. Um, 
So this one is uh, Serial Killer's Love Poem. So, wow. Okay. I had a few people. I'm ready. A few people <laughs> like it. So, but it's not it's not anything bad that uh, like not actually killing. But anyway, so okay. Serial Killer's Love Poem. Will you be my Elizabeth Beth Bathory? I'll be your Vlad Tapez. Will you be my Candy Stevens? Rosalia? Gene Willis? I will be your Charles Manson. Will you be my... Oh, sorry. That's what I messed, I messed up on that one. Okay, my bad. That's edit. Okay, next one. Uh, will you be my Judith Mawson? I'll be your Gary Ridgway. Will you be my Darcy... I'll be your Jerry Brutus. Will you be my Paula Dietz? I'll be your Dennis Raider. Will you be my Carol Hoff? I'll be your John Wayne Gacy. Will you be my Nancy Joe Lynch? I will be your John Robinson. Will you be my Julie Bossmeister? I'll be your Herb Bobmeister. Will you be my Linda Yates? I'll be your Robert Yates. Will you be my Kathy Wilson? I'll be your Peter Tobin. Will you be my Elena Popkoff? I will be your Mikhail Popkoff. Will you be my Zhang Quinn Fang? I will be your Gao. Chang Young, will you be my Mary Elizabeth Harriman? I'll be your Russell Williams. Will you be my Fakina Chikalita or Chikalo? I will be your Andre Chikalitilo. Will you be my Aline Warnos? I will be her victim for you. Will you be my Judeus Buenonia? I'll be your Bobby Joe Morris. Will you be my Juana Barraza? I'll be her victim for you. Will you be my Jane Topin? I'll be her, her victim for you. Will you be my Jess Grotefield? I'll be her killed husband and fiance for you. Will you be my Amelia Dreyer? I will be her victim for you. Will you be my Kirsten? Gilbert, I'll be her killed patients for you. Will you be my nanny, Doss? I'll be her 11 victims and killed four husbands for you. Will you be my Dorothea Punte? I'll be her killed disabled porters for you. Will you be my Mayuki Isikawa? I will be her killed unwanted deserted children victims for you. Will you be my George Dinia Yoke? My Tra Z Belknap? Clara A. Lovering? I will be your H.H. Holmes. Will you be the Jack Ripper's victims for me? That's in peace. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not even sure where to begin. Like... <laughs> <laughs> there's no actually, there's there's a lot of subtlety in a lot of those. I mean, it kind of yeah. goes to to great lengths to show both the power and kind of the danger. I think with obsession, 
you know, for right. a great many people on that list, it mm-hmm. it kind of well, the fact that we are talking about a, a serial killer's love poem, it very much took a dark turn. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But, uh, uh, wow. No, that that one kind of that one I think definitely takes some time to kind of sit down and pour over because there's actually a lot there, a lot to be said between all those relationships, how those people interacted with each other, and and I would say the world at large. I think it's pretty hard not to think of. Charles Manson and exactly what went on there, how that influence, that charisma really kind of took shape and, well, really kind of altered those relationships between people. Right. Yeah, I was... Uh, I'll go ahead, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to have like a unorthodox version and a lot of people don't get it because they're like oh serial killers can't love and I'm like oh yeah they can and it's crazy because I've read when I did my research for this poem and I've studied serial killers for a long time but mm-hmm. um, it's just one of my interests not everybody cares for them. so like, oh why do you study serial killers I, like, I don't know I just like to see what you know what makes them tick you know? <laughs> but anyways that's, and even with this, I read up their husbands and lovers and different things like that. And, uh, and you know, like, I forgot which one it was exactly, but there was a couple that their wives were perfectly taken care of. And their wives swear, supposedly, according to the articles that I read, up and down that their husband is completely innocent and then would never think otherwise and so what's crazy is that you can be they can be a master manipulator and a master killer and at the same time they can control that urge and not well some of them and not kill their lovers you know you know what I'm saying yep yep and then others can't you know so I mean that's what I was <laughs> so it's just yeah it's just crazy <laughs> no but yeah it, it tends to be something that doesn't get highlighted too often with a lot of those cases, but right. love, obsession, that really tended to be at the heart of a great many of those cases. And right. it's weird to think, but exactly what you said. Sometimes that aspect of these people never came to life for those that was closest to them. Mm-hmm. Humanity is a very complicated kind of thing. Yes, it is. I'm not one to say that that I know everything about it either, but, you know, I know something. <laughs> so, but, yeah, no, we are very complex uh, organisms, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. So. Well, all thanks right, so much right. for having me on the show. I don't want to take up a lot of the poet's time after me. Okay. Now, thank you very much for calling in, and as always, thank you for your support and sponsorship of the show. Well, you're welcome, and thanks for being on again, Christopher, and uh, much love and much healing, and good vibes to you and Nyla as well. 
and I'll try to be on the show next time. I've just been working late, and I'm about to be working even more later. We're going to start working nights, too, so just briefly. So I'm doing building maintenance for Total Wine Spirit, uh, Spirit Beer and More. They're humongous liquor stores all over. They've got like 33 of them, and we're about to have to start doing those at nighttime. At certain stores, they won't let us work during store hours, so. Yeah. They don't want to intervene. They don't want to. So oh yeah, they don't want to intervene us. Yeah, they don't want us to intervene with their customers, and that's fine. You know, that's their store. Mm-hmm. That's their prerogative. So, well, thanks so much. You guys have a great night. I'm always to the rest of the show. I'll talk to you guys next week. All right. All Love right. You. Thank you for calling in. <laughs> you have a good night, Eric. Bro. Thank you, Chris. Okay. Let's see. So, looking at our lines right now, I am going to bring Miss Noreen Snyder back on the air, area code 863. I hope you are ready. Sing to her. Oh, Miss Noreen, I'm calling to you from the depths of Radioland and hoping that you're there for me. Yeah, and, I, and I kept all of his stuff that he, he 
he wrote. I won't even write in the notebooks he wrote. It might be only one or two pages, because I always bring him notebooks. It might be only one or two pages he'll write, but I won't write in the others. I should leave it like that. And, and you know, he might just say, I'm writing a poem, because I tell him, you want to write a poem now? Then he'll put that down. I'm going to write a poem. <laughs> yeah. I mm-hmm. I think I would have to behave the exact same way. I don't know if I could change or alter it. That would just that would just have to be the way that it was. Yes, I I, I kept think. everything the same because mm-hmm. I'm not going to change nothing. Uh, and they told me he's, he's not the same when after he had the the stroke. He um his mind is not the same, and they keep telling me, but I didn't want to believe it. I believe that he's still him. He's still oh, yeah. my teddy bear darling, and, and he, he ain't changed. He's still him. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I think it definitely shows in the writing, you know, the way that he kind of composed everything, the way that you two work together. That Yes. That, I think, is, is always going to be something worth hanging on to, and that... I think mm-hmm. demonstrates exactly who Gary is. Yes. Uh, thank you for finding that piece. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, well, and I, I forgot to say, thank you very much for uh, sponsoring the show. I think okay, that's always thank something you. I want to throw out there for, for everyone. But, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, Miss Noreen. Okay, and we have a new book out too. Oh really? Okay. Yes, it's called Now and Forever: Our Love and Other Love Poems, and both of us together. We're going to have this before he passed away, and mm-hmm. we'll have it by Valentine's Day. But he didn't make it to the Valentine's Day, and I said let it go, and it was very hard to do. And um, then I finally. Went ahead and got it done, and I said, I, 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 it was time for me to do it. And next book I'm working on is um, the grieving process. You know, the grieving. I got about seventy something poems, and I'm gonna take fifty of them. But I'm gonna, it's gonna be hard to do, but I'm gonna do it. Yeah, it is. It is gonna be definitely a process and yeah it's mm-hmm. it's not always going to be easy but I know every step of the way Gary's going to be there with you yes uh, thank you so much for finding that and sharing that Okay. Uh, thank I think you. you and Gary are always going to have a very special place in my heart so I love hearing stuff from you too oh, not that I don't you. love hearing anything from our, our other poets but yeah <laughs> I think you two always just kind of give me that warm, fuzzy feeling. Wow. Um, Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Miss Noreen. I'm going to put you back on hold, okay? Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, actually, Nyla just brought an excellent point up. Did you let people know how to find you and how to get a hold of this new book Uh that you've been working on? Okay. You can find... um, uh, our, our books on Amazon.com now and forever. Our love and other love poems, um, the uh, the aura of truth, and two hearts in one, 
and reflections of our inner beings. And then you can find our official website at um, GaryAndNoreenSnyder.Wix.com front slash poetry. And then you can find Gary on um, uh, ReverbNation.com, um, Facebook.com, and PoetryPoem.com. And he's also Googleable and Googleable. <laughs> okay. And you can find me on Facebook.com, ReverbNation.com, and PoetryPoem.com. And you can find us here on every Thursday night. And you can also find us on on the, the Poetry Club. And then um, you can find us um, 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 on the um, Facebook Live every Saturday night at 4.30 in the evening. Oh, and it's growing, so too. Much, we got 200 and 232 is growing. Really? I never thought it, I could do something like that. So it, it was... I never thought I could. Noreen, you are one special lady. You have so much more than you give yourself credit for. So Wow. I am very, very proud of you and all of the work that you and Gary have put in. And the fact that you guys are having this success now, I think that is something that has been long overdue. Wow. Wow. Thank you. No. Because I never had, I really never had faith in myself or believe in myself, but Gary did, and I think that's what really helped me to 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 do stuff because Gary believed in me. Mhm. With good reason. Mhm. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Noreen. It is okay. always a pleasure having you and talking with you. Okay. Um. Thank you. I'm going to put you back on hold. Okay. Okay. Thank right. you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You and have a talk to you later, Nyla. Get better. I'm thank praying you. for you. She she says thank you, but it's more like a mumble. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. I'm going to put you on hold. Okay. Okay. So. Um, so just to kind of throw this out there, I still see area code uh, 757. You are still on hold, and if you wanted to raise your hand, please go ahead and press 1 when you're ready. Hello. And, oh, 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 I just heard a hello. Oh. Sorry about that. No, I heard unmuted, and then I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. So, you got another one ready? Yeah, I was kind of tinkering with something just now from one of the prompts from earlier in my head. Okay. So, um, All right, Mr. Miko, what you got? I'm hoping for the best. Um, <laughs> let's, see. Um, let's see. I wanted to call it, um, I don't even have a title. I was going to call it. Lonely souls. Lonely souls. Okay. Uh, what was I thinking to myself? Um, 
Okay, wait a minute. I'm sorry. It just want to like, come back here. Okay, um, okay, lonely souls. <laughs> <laughs> lonely souls. Okay, here we go. Um, feeling loneliness. Oh gosh, it was right here. Now it goes away. It's like it's scared. Okay, let me see. Um, feeling loneliness. Oh, 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 I got it now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here it is. Lonely soul. Sorry, everybody that's listening. Uh, <laughs> okay. Got the title right. Okay. Um, drunk on loneliness. Tiddling, biding time. Fleeting thoughts for a distracted mind. From our cups. An herbal elixir, perhaps a fix for this lonely mixer. In peace. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> now I'm just picturing like one of the most awkward mixers out there. <laughs> huh. I, I think. Rather fortunately, I have not ever really found myself in that kind of situation, <laughs> and I don't know. It's one of those things where I think I would love to observe it. I don't know if I could stand being a part of it, but that awkwardness, that desire that comes with being in a mixer is <laughs> something that I think you captured rather well, but uh, yeah. Now I'm curious, have you ever joined one? Mm, I mean, I've been at a, a gathering or something that I was invited to and felt lonely in the room. Now I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if anybody else in the room felt the same way. But, um, yeah, I have felt that way in, in the room with other people. Yeah. <laughs> And still being engaged, too, is the weirdest thing. Uh, no, no. can definitely understand that one. I don't know. be kind of scared myself. Mm. And so, I don't know, and that, but that didn't even pop into my head. It was just like, okay, I can kind of understand feeling that way sometimes just being lonely so it just c- turned out to be I'm I'm talking about a party I'm like okay well there you go <laughs> but <laughs> because sometimes it can happen you know just feel lonely in a crowd full of people yeah alright now thank you for jumping back on Mr. Minko oh no problem thank you for asking <laughs> mm-hmm. no as always, it is such a pleasure, and yeah, it's just fun to kind of hear you talk, so, you know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to put you back on hold, Tamiko. All right. Now, next up in the lineup, I'm seeing area code 419. 419, you are on the air. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Nyla's making big old heart thumping motions at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell her I'm giving her heart thumping motions right back. 
Oh, Nyla just said that you are her poet crush. Wow. Yep. No pressure. <laughs> I'm blessed. <laughs> okay, I have a new one here. Um, okay. It's called January 6th, 2021. Today, I watched the decimation of a declaration that we are one nation by a conglomeration of traitors as they descended on hollow ground. Destruction and death was on their breath as they sought to deny, based on a lie, the people's will to instill their choice of the chosen voice to represent their testament to the truths that are held self-evident. And they bowed their heads and prayed a fraud to the demon they loved, the manic, satanic, false prophet, and called him God as he watched from his White House as the Statue of Liberty cried and spacious skies with amber waves of grain became a stain of verbosity, a monstrosity that world leaders would declare this is not America, their delusion being that they are not black. Today, January 6, 2021, I watched the decimation of a declaration that we are one nation by a conglomeration of traitors as they descend on hollow ground. And every night, I pray for karma and poem. Hmm. Oh, man. I don't think it is possible to talk about that day without bringing up a lot of heavy stuff. I mean, it has absolutely highlighted how we live in a very segregated kind of world. And I I don't know if it gets anywhere near as much attention as it should, but the way that some of these, these rioters have been treated during their time in, in jail has been so very, very different from what so many others experience day to day. You know, we have we have people of color that sit in jail cells that are starved to death, that are denied basic human things like clothing, like feminine hygiene products, but some of these rioters get moved to another prison so they can have their own organic food. It really yeah. kind of has highlighted just how broken some of these things are. And I I don't know, I'm going to try really hard not to get on a soapbox, but it really kind of highlights how messed up this mindset really is that so many of these people went to the Capitol with these intentions in mind, thinking, believing that they were going to do this and walk home, continue on to work like nothing had changed. (laughs) Right, and one of the things, one of the things, you know, that you know, in my mind that that nobody's really talking about. But if they had been successful, uh, what what do they think that the 84 million people who voted against Trump would do? Do they think that mm-hmm. we would have just sat back and, and let that happen? What do they think the millions of uh, you know tens of millions of black people uh, from Detroit and and and, and Milwaukee and, and 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 Philadelphia 
would have done. Mm-hmm. It, it, it would have been it would have been chaos. It might have been even worse. It is so weird to think about how some of this stuff took root and to, to really kind of examine some of the beliefs that these people have held, you know, watching videos and testimonies from some of these people about what they believed was happening, about what they believed is still in the process of happening is mind-boggling. You know, how yes. how is this even <clears throat> close to, to being reality to to the point where you're willing to sacrifice so much of yourself, your family, your friends in order to continue on following this this let's call it what it is, a, a cult of personality. Yeah. You know, I keep seeing messages from people saying that they have given up so much of their lives in order to support this thing, this person that they've never seen. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm I'm yeah. gonna stop there and I I'm gonna Do you have a, a second piece that you'd like to share with us tonight? I do. Um and see I'm, I'm gonna try and call in every every week and if I'm able to do do two poems, I'm gonna do one to represent Black History Month. And okay. this is a poem entitled Black Years. Black is the color of the face I see when I gaze upon reflections of you and me in the streets of the cities where my people dwell. Oh, what a story those streets streets could tell of the struggles of a people who refused to fail, who would not submit, who would not succumb to the pits of hell. Black is the color of the face I see. Black is the beauty that my people wear in many shades from dark to fair. Kings and queens from Africa ripped, their babies from their mothers stripped. All in the wind could heave their cries, on the night could see their eyes. Oh, what a story those eyes could reflect of a beautiful history that books must neglect, of cultures that were a wonder to behold. We must never let the stories go untold. We must shout, we must scream, we must say it with flair. Black is the beauty that my people wear. My brothers, my sisters, come, say it with me. Black is the color of the face that we see. Let us shout, let us scream, let us say it with flair. Black is the beauty that our people wear. And Paul. Mm-hmm. That is a great piece. Um, <laughs> once again, I'm going to try really, really hard not to, to stay on my soapbox too long, but... <laughs> It, it really kind of brings to mind, like, I wish that there wasn't just a, a Black History Month. Black history is American history. And to to have to have a spotlight placed on some of the experience that has gone on for black Americans throughout the years really, really is important. I think that's vital for actually kind of getting people to recognize that there is a very big difference between what one side, one color sees experiences and what the other does. Right. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, um, um, 
it's important for every everyone to understand their history. And um, there's a lot of black history that that I learned myself on my own. Um, you know, that wasn't taught in, taught in school, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think it's important for everyone to, you know, yeah. to know that. Uh, yeah, you know, thank I mean, you very much for sharing that piece. Know, yeah. Of, you know, a lot of people, I think, I, I know, may not know that without, without, you know, um, the, the use of indentured servants, the American Revolution would not have been won. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, all right. I do have a few other people in the lineup that I would very much like to get to. But uh, Thank you. before I let you go, please let people know how they can find you, how they can share you some love with you, how they can experience more of your work. Okay, you can find me on, on Facebook. You can find me on YouTube and on All Poetry under Melvin Douglas Johnson. Uh, thank you very much, Melvin. And thank, thank you. you for your support of the show. Yeah. And and Nala, please get well. I will. She's making more okay. heart-thumping motions at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Melvin, you have yourself a wonderful night. Thank you, you too. Okay. So let's see. Next up, I have area code 727. 727, you are on the air. Well, good evening. Good evening. Oh. <clears throat> I was messaging with Nyla, and mm-hmm. uh, she says, oh, call back in, call back in. I thought your show was over. So, and I was so sad. So bummed. <laughs> and uh, Christopher, you, Christopher, you probably just don't know my voice, but this is Diana Rose. Um, way back in the day, I was Angel Heart, and uh, I had another show on Blog Talk Radio, and um, I also did a show for Glenn still when he was doing 10K Poets. So today hit me. I'm not sure yes. if everyone could hear that, but Nyla just shared that uh, Diana <laughs> Rose and Nyla have known each other since way back in the MySpace days. Bringing me back. Um, yeah, before. Well, and I'm getting ahead of myself because I wanted to set this up. I mean, it was if it wasn't for Nyla and her fierce spirit and her beautiful spirit and for Glenn's encouragement, I never would have done that because I am a terrible introvert. (laughs) (laughs) I am a terrible introvert and I am pretty shy, but um, they said, no, no, you can do this. You can do this. And so I did. Um, And it was like a mentor died today, you know, Uh, the, um, he meant a lot to me. And this is a poem that I'm, I'm what? I, you're not supposed to be talking, are you? <laughs> she's 
she's she's she's trying to throw it out there and then she winces, but she seems very very she determined. She was like the paladin of our heart. Not sure if you were able to catch that, but Nyla said he was like the paladin for your guys' heart. Yes. Yes. He he really he really truly was. And um this poem is the very first poem that I ever heard him read. And he read it here on the Speakeasy Cafe. It was probably like the second time I had tuned into the show. I was so very new to internet. I was so very new to the online poetry community. But this poem has stayed with me since then. And it was it was something that made me want to share. And I shared poetry with um, my top ten of the week. And this was a top, my number one choice for the entire year of um, 2008. It's called A True Liberator. A True Liberator. A tribe of innocence led to the pulpit, believing in the ghost to rise up. But a metal sword comes dancing through the fire and cuts them all. Blood, red, bleeds. The first step to amortize oneself into the system. I imagined a freer world. I imagined her by my side. I see no one here now, and I must go off to fight a war. To find a way to defeat the common God. The one that doesn't keep his promises. The one that vexes me against my neighbor. Therefore, I refuse to raise the gun. No bullets will collide with flesh. No rips in fabric will come from any thing I point at. Not from here on out. I am free from fear. Free from the fear of no salvation. I refuse to kill a single soul under any name, under the sun, under any God. I realize now the system cannot be overcome. I can only shoot at so many disobedience before I find myself behind the mask. I must be an investigator, collect the evidence, repel the false bullshit. But if I do, I don't have to tell someone. I don't have to energize your spirits. I don't have to start a new religion. I don't have to be documented for you to ever get a clue. I don't have to become a new Messiah. I refuse to do that, not for me, but for you. A true liberator does not need to live forever, is not a he or a him, not a male or a female. A true liberator does not need to live forever, does not need a castle, a cross, or an icon to show off to the masses. A true liberator is just an idea, something inside someone that is searching for the truth. A true liberator is deep in our spirits, and I don't mean deep in a church or on a corner. I can smell this freedom. If you can smell you, haven't not found it. I can hear the freedom. If you can hear, you have not found it. 
I can see the truth. But if you can see, you have not found it. I can be the truth. If you can be without fear, you can be where I am. And if I pass this torch to you, don't forget to pass it on to someone else. You don't own it. A true liberator does not need to live forever. Man, that, that is an extremely powerful piece. Um, <laughs> just hearing that, you can hear all the passion behind it, and I really, really loved the message behind it, too. Um, there is there is so much power and freedom to be had once you've basically just freed yourself. Yes. Uh, you spoke about how <laughs> how you yourself were an introvert, and I know Nyla was oh, kind of echoing God, that I at the still. same time. <laughs> that you know, she she typically had this tendency to kind of stay within herself. Hearing a piece like this, it's easy to see how you guys supported each other, how you guys built each other up. Mm-hmm. And I think that really was the core of the speakeasy of Nyla, of Glenn. You know, artists coming together and really just having this place that was supportive. He stood up for me so many times. And he would do it again. <laughs> he really would. Uh, it's it's hard for me just to kind of keep going hearing these types of things because I, I know there is so much power in history there. And Glenn really was a special individual. It is it's hard for us to lose another member of the family. He was also a handful. <laughs> uh, Two hands. <laughs> I would never have guessed hearing a piece like that. I could not imagine. <laughs> Nyla's I don't know if Nyla's kind of getting all teary eyed because of, of what we're talking about or because she's trying so hard to, to try and, and voice it herself, but she wanted to let you know that you did a really beautiful job reading that. Oh, well thank you. Um I have terrible internet connection. I'm not in my laundry room because it's the quietest room in the house it's outside. <laughs> away from you know, very busy, and I'm trying, but my internet connection is very slow. I wanted to read something else of his, but I can't right now because it's just not pulling anything else up. Maybe, okay. maybe I, maybe I can get something else, but that's that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to read something else of his. That, um, I mean, he he was so prolific. He wrote 
something. And when I was listening, because I listened to the whole show tonight, her shows are always so amazing. Um, and every, one after the other, is there's a lot of people who just, they don't know who he was and what he wrote. And, and um, so that to me was sad. It really was sad. <clears throat> yeah. So I hope it they're is. still listening. Hope they're still listening, and they and they heard something here that um, they can take away from this. I hope because so. I, mm-hmm. Tell her that we have to take Robbie, but not to hang up because I want her to hear the end of the show. I'm not sure if you're able to catch that, but Nyla just asked uh, if you'd be willing to stay on the line. We're going to bring Robbie Baby back on the air, but we really want you to be able to hear the end of the show tonight. Yeah, and if you have enough time after Robbie speaks, because, hi, Robbie Baby. <laughs> I miss him so much. Um, I will, I'm trying to pull up um, another piece that he actually had written um, for Iris Berry um, of Punk Hostage Press. I had, oh, um, I had, I had shared that today, but it's something that, that was special, and he had written it for Iris and for their um, inauguration of the, their press a few years ago. So Absolutely. If you need some time in order to <laughs> get your Internet to cooperate, then absolutely. You bring that up, and <laughs> I will get you back on the air once it's uh, all set and ready to go. Okay. Thank you. All right, Diana. I'm going to put you on hold, but we will get right back to you. Okay. So, Robbie, baby, how are you listening? (laughs) There we go. I am listening. (laughs) All right. So So. I'm going to read this this one that I wrote for Dark Star, Star Severon, and (laughs) it's based on the idea of the black hole. And uh, most people don't realize that black holes as potent and as destructive as they can be, they're actually the anchors of galaxies. And without galaxies, we wouldn't be here. So it's mm-hmm. the ever, ever-present edge of, of life and death and all that jazz. You know, light stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there was one show where I remember, I, I love the way he put it. It was a, it was a comedic thing. But it was a, it, there can't be any life without death. It's the duplicitous edge we all walk upon. I was like, oh, that's pretty funny, but pretty pretty deep. <laughs> anyway, so this is for Star Severon. Um, okay. Dark stars. Object of paradox. Darkest beauty of the night. Defying the conventional sight of humanity's wisdom. To you, my phoenix's soul takes, does take flight. The infinite information that resides at your event horizon, O darkest star, it destroys my most profound sight, strips it away with tidal forces, as I drift towards your singularity, immortal yet immortal frame in cosmic night. You embody the body of paradox as you evaporate slowly, oh so slowly, out into the ether, never to leave human knowledge the same. I know not what lies at the edge of your horizon, but those tidal forces tug at my soul within. Yet I embrace the the terrifying yet liberating force of it, for you create both life and death in your mighty frame. You see the birth of life and galaxies in your destructive power. As I bask in eternity in your profound knowledge, 
basking at the edge of eternity's shores in infinite hours. And that is Dark Stars. Hmm. Robbie, you know, I, I really have to throw this out there. You have this beautiful way of taking some really kind of out there concepts, some, some heavy philosophical type of stuff, yeah. and really kind of showing that duality of how it weaves into human life and mm-hmm. the human condition. So I I just enjoy kind of listening and piecing all of this stuff together. And I love the fact that your pieces really kind of do make people think, encourage people to think and examine it. Sometimes it makes their brains hurt, I think. I, I don't mean I don't mean to, but I uh, I just it pops in my head that uh, one of my friends uh, she uh, read a poem uh, that I wrote for that specific occasion because I was going to give her the one marriage marriage poem that I already had. But I said, no, I'll write a new one for your friend. And she and she read it and she said, oh, you should have seen it, Rob. I gave it my all in that. And she says, but it puzzled some people. They, I saw some blanks <laughs> blank looks in the in the audience. I was like, it's just it's just a wedding poem. It's not that it's not complicated. <laughs> You know, there's metaphors in there, but it's not. You know, it's this isn't uh, quantum physics or anything. But, but I guess just the language, sometimes without even realizing it. You know, sometimes the the metaphors get extended or whatever. But, but yeah, it's uh-huh. something I, I I oh, there isn't even a word for how much I enjoy making those kind of metaphors. And a lot of times, like one of my poems that I, I read. Uh, the last time I was on the air, it, it took uh, like an inspiration from Kalida, the song Think, that's in one of the uh, John Wick films. It took mm-hmm. inspiration from the Tower card from the Lenormand fortune-telling deck and a couple other things. I mean, it, it it's just kind of crazy, the, the disparate sort of things that I can end up weaving into <laughs> into a poem but uh, uh anyway i really feel like art art that makes you feel something art that makes you think that is something that really has achieved its purpose you know mm-hmm. it is something that is meant to evoke something in people sometimes mm-hmm. it's not simple sometimes it does kind of take a second look a reexamination and yeah there are some amazing ideas and concepts brought to life through pieces like this. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. I really do. <laughs> Absolutely. No. It is always so a pleasure you... to, just to kind of sit there and untangle. <laughs> <laughs> untangle afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, has Diana, do you know if she's been able to, well, I guess you haven't, yeah, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if she's been able to get her net connection to get Glenn's uh, other poem there. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping so. It it does seem like it. I'm just I'm under the impression that Diana's hanging out in her laundry room attached to her, her charger cord and just trying to make it all work. <laughs> so I am Stay I'm gonna very, check very in still. with her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna check in with her and I'm gonna put you back on hold, Robbie, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, Diana, you are back on the hey. air. Have you had any success? Yes, I have. <laughs> All right. 
right. And only I would blurt out that I'm in my laundry room. Only I would do that, you know? I mean, hey. I mean, we have had a great many poets reach out to us from inside bathroom stalls and, and inside the, the, restaurants. The acoustics are so good. The acoustics in a bathroom are great. Did you catch that? Nyla said the acoustics in bathrooms and laundry rooms just happen to be great. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, yes, I did find this again. I had posted it earlier today, and Iris was like, oh, my God, where did you find this? And it was in my memories because I had been tagged on this poem, and I had actually shared it as well. So um, there's always something that I take away from, like, every other piece of his. There's something that really makes you think, really makes you want to be a better person, a better poet, a better human being. And here's one of them. It's called Continuums. There are continuums raising questions. Where the hell is my head? When will the ugly reveal itself? Should I end it all today, end it very quickly, continue to look over my shoulder? My long-lost love has forbidden to hold my hand. Everywhere I go, the ghost of gentrification has its dirty little fingernails wishing for more prosperity. I write the wrong, but no one listens. I give the reasons why, and the sky is falling, and no one listens. So here I am. Here I am a demigod, a lost leader in the chain of events dedicated to conspiracy, theory, wandering with no place to go. Footpath me, baby. Do it nice and easy. Do it with the words of convergency. That's it. I think that is another piece that really just kind of sits there and forces you to think. All of his, all of his work is like that. No, there, there's a lot to be said about that, about Glenn's writing. Um, and this was, kinda, this was oh. written a lot because of what's going on in a lot of parts of San Francisco and and a lot of parts mm-hmm. of Los Angeles and Venice and it's the gentrification of people being inched out of where they're living and, yes. and you know making the rent so impossible for people to be able to afford and getting rid of the culture that has been steeped and deep and and been there for generations and yeah. Oh yeah. That's and that definitely strikes a chord. I've got uh, a bunch of family that still lives in the city of San Francisco, and it has been quite an experience to talk with them about, yeah, what it's like to try and stay in the city, to stay with family home, and just going through the home buying experience in another state and just having their jaws hit the floor. Like, how is it possible? Yeah. Uh, I mean... Hmm. No, yeah. that 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 I think just kind of has there's to no there and stew for a bit. Oh, There's no light reading with his stuff. There's no light reading. 
Okay. So, I think. Do you have uh, Do you have a, a piece of your own that you'd like to read? Oh, yes. If you give me okay. a minute. I absolutely, absolutely would. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, the pressure of it all. The pressure of it all. No, this is a safe and friendly place, so please don't feel pressured. (laughs) Snap to it, woman. Oh, except Nyla says snap to it, so maybe a little bit. Right, well, I'm I'm pulling, I'm pulling, it's pulling up, it's pulling up. And this is not Internet, it's on my tablet, so. Is she Um, still doing her show? Nyla wants to know if you are still doing your show. No, however, there have been several people who have been, like, um, Pushing me and pushing me and, and saying, you know, when when are you going to um, when are you going to do a show again? Well, you need to come back and you need to do a show again. You, will you come and do my podcast with me? And I'm like, oh, yes. If I can pull aside the time and because because there are so many people that I want to interview. There's, I mean, that's the direction. Um, I would have maybe a portion of a, the podcast or the show be um, call in, but another, the first hour would probably be an interview with um, someone who is a debut writer who's brand, brand new into the writing community. And, you know, yeah, that's, that's my passion of where I'm going with. And right now I've just, launched my blog, relaunched my blog, and I branded it. It's called Rose Galley um, Review, and it's on WordPress, and it'll be simultaneous. The inauguration happened when I did the best of 2020, and it was um, the books of uh, Dan Provost. So mm-hmm. if you check that out, um, I, and if you like what you read, of course, click and subscribe because there will be a lot more coming every week. Excellent. Um, Yes. So um, this is something that I um, that I read on Nyla's show probably back in 2008. It's uh, been published in a couple of um, places, Mm -hmm. and I lost it. Uh oh. Um, I lost it. I downloaded it and I lost it. (laughs) Okay. okay, okay. And it's um, called Sunset Upon Shadow, Death Be Your Comfort, and I want to dedicate it tonight to um, our good friend, Gwen Still. And I hope I don't cry in the middle of it. Originally, this was written for um, my mom. Walk upon the willows. Hear the twinkle and the chimes. Hung to awaken the spirit. Count the stones. Hide and seek among the hedgerow. Faceless are the ones who gather, making hay while the sun shines. Sky of perfect blue. Not a cloud. You could see forever till the horizon met the sea. That's where she wished to rest. 
under a tree of lilac bloom, tranquil waters run, just a bench, where he could read to her till the sun went down, raging fire of orange burning to magenta as the shadow hit the water, and it all burned out with a hiss of steam. He always brought a bottle with his volume of Thomas or Bukowski that made her laugh, toasting to the air of the days gone by, and she wouldn't argue with him now. Silent are the bow-shaped lips that heated up the night with frustration. She never knew when to back down, fought right till the final hour. That was what got through her past the pain. That year passed, he stood in the corridor waiting. He hated hospitals. He hated her fear. He never heard the final words spoken. It was the look as the doctor opened the door that said it all. That was the last word he heard. Something about death being comfort. What a complete shit that is. And he kicked the wall and crumpled. Why was the sky so damn blue? They should be sailing on a day like today. And he walked out to that blazing sky, blasphemous that it was beautiful, blasphemous that the air was a perfect cool. Leaves had begun to turn to the shade of her hair. Damn it all. He remembered her last tear like a raindrop running down her cheek, and he remembered her last words kneeling here now. Sunset upon shadow. Death is not my comfort, and it isn't goodbye. Read to me the words I wrote for you, and do not cry when my eyes shut, for they will forever see you, just as you are. Do not mourn, and I remain with you. Death be your comfort, as my lap to lay your head upon, rest your soul. I remain within the sun's rays. I remain within the bird's song. I remain in the perfect blue sky. In your heart, I remain. Uh, sorry, I think you might have to give me a second. Uh, that <laughs> that was a really wonderful piece, and I think an extremely fitting tribute. Thank you. Uh, I think for both your mother, for Glenn, that. That sums up so much and really kind of does encompass so very much of of what they brought for other people, what they brought for you in particular. It's so very important that we remember, we remember them. In the way they deserve to be remembered. Uh, We've lost so many people this year. So many people. Very true. And I'm tired tired of losing people. (laughs) Oh, yeah. A piece like that truly does show 
the power of, of not only your own writing but the power of connection the fact that it can sit there and resonate so deeply with someone I don't think anybody could hear a piece like that and not have it strike a chord and remember someone that really did touch and impact their life uh, thank you very much for coming on tonight Diana Thank you for sharing that, and thank you for sharing your stories of Glenn. Well, it was for Nyla, too. <laughs> Very much so. Okay. Before I let you go, can you share one more time how people can find you, experience more of your work? Oh, okay. Um, I am on Facebook. Diana Rose. I'm on Instagram as Angel's Mom Reads, um, and you'll see a lot of different book reviews that I do. I'm on Goodreads. Um, I'm a book reviewer there as well, and I, my, I've re-inaugurated my very dusty blog. Um, it's now Rose Galley Review at WordPress.com. Thank you, Diana. Okay. I want to put you back on hold really quick, and I think it's going to be about that time to start wrapping up the show. Most of the time when I'm here, I tend to try and needle Nyla and remind her that she needs to share some of her own stuff, but I think in light of current circumstances, I might just give her a, a free pass this time. Um, so tonight... We're going to be closing the show with a track of Hank Bukima reading in tribute a poem called Never Hurt Felt Cry that was written by Mr. Glenn Still. So thank you once again, everybody, for calling in, for listening tonight. The day when the sun was young, when I was laid out on the southern coast of California, while I sipped wine at the groves that grew so naturally, as natural as a world growing into the confusion of chaotic conformity, the spinning globe set from east to west, spanning time, devolving into something obsolete. But we... Just seekers on the verge of superstition stardom. Counted with a payoff. Digits in a check. A paid kiss on the ass. The paradox of human stupidity. A fictitious name in the headlines. Us. The first generation of grocery shoppers. Buying into everything never affordable. We had to have it all. Back in 1976. When the trail of democracy was short-lived. To then the celebration of 200 years old. Circled the sphere of where we ended up at. A strong red, blue and white fist. With a baton that could be converted into a cheerleader. Saber light entering the next city. A belly club. Intent on beating the next outspoken voice. Into sheer non-vocalization oblivion. Censorship. Never heard. Never felt. Always forgotten, but most likely 
always, never alive.